You are now listening to The Sexy Escort Guide, discussing everything fascinating about the world of paid companionship. And now, here is your sexy host, Exotic Vivian. Hey guys, this is episode 86 of The Sexy Escort Guide podcast. I am your host, Vivian, and today we have some masculine energy on the show. Yes. I am joined today by Mr. Troy Amistati. Troy is a male escort for women that had a behind-the-scenes look into his life and career featured on the A&E television's documentary series called Untold Story. I'm sure some of you have seen that series. He's been providing dating and intimate services to women professionally for nine years and says that he is considered the number one male escort for women in the United States. Bold claims. Yes. Hello, Troy. Welcome to the show. Hello, Vivian. Thank you for having me. Yes. You sound so masculine. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose that's a compliment. You did not sound like what I thought you were going to sound like. I don't know. Yeah, it is a compliment. (laughs) Excellent. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Okay. So um, we're going to jump to your questions later on. But first, let's see what's in the news. But first, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by our diamond sponsor, Companion Tax and Accounting Services. You've heard us interview the owner, Mary Lee, on episodes 7, 36, and 58. Companion Tax really knows their stuff, and I, Vivian, can personally vouch for them. They are the professionals you need to hire to handle all of your tax accounting and business needs. Companion Tax was created specifically with us companions in mind. It doesn't get any more niche than that. They have been in business since 2011 and have become a leading resource for the community. Although based in South Florida, they are licensed in all states. You can visit them at companiontax.com and fill out the new client information form to get started and take charge of your financial future. This is from the United States Department of Justice, March 5th, 2021. And the headline is South Florida escorts sentenced to prison for tax fraud. So this should be interesting. Here we go. And this was in Miami, Florida. A South Florida male escort who lied to the IRS about his income was sentenced to 21 months in prison and ordered to pay $278,325 in restitution. Yeah. Um, According to court documents, 46-year-old Jamie Kopaz, I hope I'm saying that correctly, worked as a paid escort directly with individual clients and with a private escort company as an independent contractor. Kopaz accepted payment for his work through cash, check, wire transfer, and electronic money transfer to JK Trading LLC, a Florida subchapter S corporation that he established in 2015. Kopaz, the sole owner of JK Trading, elected to report the company's income and losses on his personal tax returns. This meant that JK's trading income losses, deductions, and credits would pass through Kopaz's individual tax returns and that Kopaz would pay tax on the company's earnings at the individual and not the corporate's tax rate. From 2015 to 2018, Kopaz filed false corporate tax returns with the IRS that substantially underreported JK's trading gross receipts and total income. 
Copaz caused a total tax loss to the Internal Revenue Service of $278,325. So, yeah, a tax loss like the IRS doesn't have enough money. Okay. Um, in, addition, <laughs> in addition to imposing a term of imprisonment, Judge Roy K. Altman ordered Copaz to pay $278,325 in restitution to the IRS. A copy of this press release may be found on the website of the United States Attorney's Office for the Southern District of Florida at usdoj.gov slash USAO slash FLS. And you can also find related court documents on the website as well. And I will post the link to this article in the show notes. Troy, take it away. Well, I, I don't really know what, what more to add than what the article says itself. Uh, I, I first want to say that I am not aware of this person. Um, I, I don't know this. Uh, I'm going to say it's Jamie Kopax. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I am not aware of this person. This is not someone I know. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm, and this article was news to me. Uh, really? I yeah, think, this was yes. actually sent to me by uh, an ex-escort. Shout out to Paloma. Hey, girl. Hey. Uh, she sent this to me because she was like, you should talk about this on the show. And I was like, hey, I actually should. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's amazing. Paloma's a, a blast from the past. That's a name from a while ago. I remember. Yeah, she knows you. <laughs> OK, I figured. I figured, yes. Well, that, I think what the ultimate answer here to this is, is, uh, you know, don't lie on your taxes. Exactly. Uh, you know, this guy was clearly uh, I imagine this was over a series of of years yeah not from a, not 2015 a, to 18 so three years yes i was going to say two hundred seventy-eight thousand in losses in a single year would be astronomical mm-hmm. um but i you know this jk trading llc i'm not sure exactly what his uh corporation's purpose is necessarily mm-hmm. you know i'm air quoting well, purpose. he actually had um i believe they said seven rental properties uh that he had under this llc Okay. So he was also making money from his investments uh, based on some other research that Paloma sent me. Um, and she was saying that she thinks that this was just a scapegoat type situation where they were trying to get someone else who was the owner of the website of the, you know, the guy that owned the website that he worked for. They were trying to get him. And I guess that was kind of like a, a warning or, you know, shots fired <laughs> to, to the owner of this uh escort uh male escort company oh okay right so that, yeah they, that's they're... her theory but <laughs> i mean yeah, i don't that... really know much about the male escort world to be honest so yeah if there's there may be a bigger picture to this in terms of oh there the definitely is <laughs> company that he was yeah right it, yeah the company the private escort company he was working for mm-hmm. which i'm not sure which one that would be but uh yeah it looks like there's a bigger picture to this but the bottom line is, is if the guy had just done his taxes appropriately, yep. then you wouldn't be in this situation. Exactly. That's how so, they look, always get you is through your taxes. Oh, at, right. Yes. Because that's the easiest way to yeah, get you. Because so, nothing else can stick. So they'll find a way. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah pr- proving other charges are much more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in, you can always get somebody on taxes if they're not doing them right. So uh, just for me personally, I do use an LLC as well. Mm-hmm. But I pay all of my taxes. <laughs> Same. Same. Right. I mean, so I, there's really I'm, no I'm clean. need. I mean, and then the, another way to look at it is, you know, if you're if you're having to quote unquote pay more in taxes, that means you're making more money, so you should be happy. 
that you're in a larger tax bracket. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. In in theory, you should be happier about paying more taxes well, because it means yeah, you made that much yeah, more. Yeah. Right. Yes, in theory. But yeah. Uh, yeah, of course, everyone's trying to find the loophole. Um, this mean, guy clearly there, did not do it. I mean, there are plenty of uh, real estate tax loopholes, which is why I'm kind of surprised that, you know, he still didn't do what he needed to do. I don't know who his accountant is, but there are other ways to pay less taxes, especially if you own that much real estate. But I'm um, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, would, it would seem to me that... Uh, when he did this, he felt like it was something that wouldn't get audited. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, this is what he thought. Yeah. Uh, so he decided, oh, you know, this is going to be fine. I'm going to do this. Uh, but then he got audited and here we yeah. are. <laughs> the yeah. guy's going to jail for 21 months. That's crazy. So that will never be me. He'll, that will never be me. <laughs> he'll probably snitch and get out on parole. Who knows? Anywho. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, well, if it's a bigger fist to fry, yeah, then they'll absolutely yeah. give him some kind of immunity. Right. The website was Cowboys for Angels or something like that because she sent me oh thing. really yeah him that guy that's okay that's so yeah all right so when i said i i'm not sure which private escort company that this was I, in my mind i was thinking well this has to be cowboys because it's yeah. it's the only one that i know of that's national yeah uh, i did so, not even oh, know about okay. it <laughs> so <laughs> oh yeah okay yes right well that that, that uh that male escort agency was actually a big part of the reason why I even got into the business. Yeah. I mean, based on what, how much he earned, I was like, wow. Cause I actually went and I went onto the website just to kind of do some background research and the guys actually get paid pretty well. I'm assuming most of the clients are women, right? Like it's a, is it a strictly yes, straight male? As far as I know, as far yeah, as I know, so, and as y'all know, women course. are very generous. So, <laughs> They do, they yes. do pretty well. I was like, wow, kudos to them. Yes. Yes. Well, I, yeah, uh, Cowboys built a national brand, especially through the Showtime yep, show that they yep. had called Gigolos. Yeah, I saw so, that too. I was like, wait, I didn't know that they were linked. So that's actually pretty cool. Now I have to go watch that show just to kind of see. Um, hopefully I won't cringe because you know how reality shows sometimes they do the most. Uh, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> I can I can tell you now uh, that show was an inspiration for me to get into the business. Really? But the inspiration, yes, because I saw the show before I got into the business. Ah. Uh, but, the, but the inspiration of of the show getting me into the business was not them me seeing what they were doing and think, oh, I could do that too. Their inspiration to me was they're doing this all wrong. Ooh. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I'm like, women pay for these guys? This is unbelievable. Uh, especially the way they treat him, the way they talk about him, the misogyny that goes on really? uh, in the show. Oh, it's it's terrible. They talk terrible about their clients really? to, uh, to the camera. Oh yeah, it's oh, it's no. it's it, it's worth watching for the train wreck. I would uh, say. Um, uh, maybe but, I'll watch a couple just to see because I'm not really good with reality shows these days. Like uh, I cringe most of the time. Like I know the the new wave now is that 90 Day Fiance thing. I know you've heard yeah. about it, and I just can't even get uh, myself to watch that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really have any particular interest in, in shows yeah. like that. Um, the reason I actually even watched the Gigolo show mm -hmm. was because uh, uh, I was dating and was also the assistant for uh, a woman in the business at the time. Oh, okay. And yes, and so she knows uh, she knew how good I was with women. And we used to joke about because she was very successful and we used to joke about me being in the business. Mm -hmm. And she used, to, she used to say to me, you're even better with women than I am with men. And I'm really successful at this. It's just such a shame that this isn't something you could do also. 
maybe you should try it. And it was like, ha ha, right. And then here uh, we you know, are. There's, there's no, and then, right, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then the, she saw the show came out and she said, oh my God, oh my God, there's this show where the guys, they do what we talked about you should do. Let's watch mm -hmm. it. So we watched it and we watched a few episodes and what we saw, we were very turned off by. Wow, in terms I'm of surprised. Or maybe that, you see, that's the thing with these shows. Like they always do cringe worthy stuff just so people can watch it. Because no one's going to watch a calm, you know, no drama type show, I guess. I guess people love the train wreck. So they create it. Sometimes they manufacture it on these shows just so people will oh, watch. Absolutely. Yes. A lot of the scenarios felt very made for TV, made for reality TV. That's why I don't, like, uh, I, I don't like watching any kind of escort related type shows because I feel like they're always annoying. Like, I'm just like, this is not real life. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> Right. Well, they're they're trying to create an interesting narrative to the audience, and if if they have to make it more interesting than it really is, then they're going to make manufactured situations to make it more interesting to keep the viewers watching. But when you watch that show, just so you know, uh, when it comes to like my work as a male escort for women, uh, what I experience is nothing like that show. Okay. <laughs> what I what I what I do what I do is nothing like I that show. I believe you because, like um, I said, a lot of the stuff is not even real. So so much for reality. It's a very unfortunate representation of male escorting for yeah. women, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, don't feel bad because they do the same thing for female escorts. Probably even worse. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's please <laughs> yeah. bad. But no, let's uh, let's get to know you then, since you're like the shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you say you're the best, so let's go ahead and dive in. Let's get to know you. Please tell the listeners a little bit about your background, who you are, how you got to where you are today. Okay, well, I'm Troy Amistadi, and I'm a male escort for women. Uh, my The basis of my work is providing companionship, uh, intimacy, and dating services to the clients that I serve. Uh, I have, uh, I got my degree at the Florida State University in uh, professional writing and a minor okay. in law. Yes. And I have university certifications in women's studies at Harvard, Stanford, and Columbia University. Look at you, women's studies, huh? You really took your work seriously. Okay. Yes. Yeah, right. Well, I'm always trying to continue my education. And that's what, that, that is why I also have specializations in multiple intimacy disciplines, uh, interpersonal and physical, mm -hmm. uh, because the better I can be for the clients that I serve, uh, you know, I, I feel better about the experience that they're receiving and they enjoy the experience even more when I have a better education on, you know, what that's, I'm doing. So I'm always trying, always trying to learn more things. All hey, the time. that's how we should be anyway. When you stop learning, you stop growing. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. So I spend a lot of time on that, but I just want to be the best that I can be for my clients because being the perfect date, the perfect engagement for my clients is my goal all the time. So the more I know, the better I will be of service nice. to them. Are you Italian? How did you pick your name? <laughs> <laughs> so it's all right. So it, this is how picking my name went. So starting with the first name, Troy, I just I wanted a first name in terms of my stage name. I, I wanted a first name that was a one syllable, strong, short mm -hmm. first name. And so I was <laughs> just watching TV and the movie Troy ah, came on. And you're and like, I that's thought, Troy. me all the way. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. So I went with Troy. And then the Amistadi part 
interestingly, is actually my biological last Whoa. name. <laughs> it, 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 no, no, wait, no, wait. That's not. It's not my government last name. Ah, okay, it's okay, okay. Because I was like, hey, that's right, a little, see, <laughs> that's a little uh, dangerous you, there. Okay. Yes. <laughs> no. So my uh, my father was adopted when he was very young. Uh, uh, but he uh, he had his biological father. And when he was born, that guy left and uh, my grandmother met another man and she married him and he adopted ah. my father. So my so my father and his father are Amistad. Got it. Got it. Genealogically. Okay. Right. Yes. But that's not my actual government last name because he was adopted by his father and took on his last name. But I wanted to pay homage to. Uh, the Amistadi name because I don't actually have it, but it okay. is who I am. And is that Italian? It's Austrian. Austrian. So you're close. Oh. <laughs> Very close. <I> mean, yes. <laughs> Austrian, Italian. Uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> yes, they're very, they're similar. They, they the two countries border each other, so they're yeah. they're very close. Okay. So you said yeah. you um, initially were dating an escort and you know worked as her assistant, which I actually have some questions about that. A, how did you um, feel about her work? Obviously, you didn't care if you were her man. Well, right. It was a, I would call it more of a casual relationship oh, so that we you had. Guys weren't like you know, it wasn't exclusive, exclusive. No, no, not, ah, not by any means. Okay. Not by any means. We're exclusive. Yeah. We were very open. We were just, we just casually dated, but we actually ended up becoming very good friends mm -hmm. over time. And that was when, so when I met her, she actually wasn't in the business oh, yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> when we, when we met, right. So when we met, uh, we were dating, if you could call it that, it was Having more sex. just. Kind of enjoy. <laughs> you are fucking. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I was gonna phrase it as enjoying the time sure, together. Okay, mm -hmm. cool story, bro. <laughs> we're en we're enjoying the time together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, but it, we we were together a lot. You know, we we hung out almost on a daily basis. Uh, we just we okay. clicked very well. And a, a few months into us knowing each other, uh, she brought this up and said. Hey, I'm th I'm thinking about doing something, and if you don't want to talk to me or see me anymore, based on this, then you know I'll understand. And I said to her, I said, "Well, you can't, <laughs> you can't preface what you're about to say with that. <laughs> like, what mm -hmm, did you kill somebody?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's like, "No, no." She said, uh, "I'm considering getting into the escorting business." And I said, "Okay, well, what kind of money can you make doing that?" And you're gonna laugh when I tell you this because she didn't. She was so new. She said, I think I can make like $200 an hour. Well, I mean, there are people that make that now, you know, so it's not unreal. No, I know. But, it, <laughs> but I know what you mean. I know. What yeah, you but mean. She, she, she had the enthusiasm making of somebody like who was making just Got it. money. <laughs> right, right. But of, of course, at the time, you know, I wasn't aware of how any price structuring worked. And so I thought, wow, yeah. that's a lot of money. That, that'd be amazing. And what, it's kind of funny because what really makes it funny is she ended up becoming uh, a thousand nice. an hour nice. woman. So right, so that that that's the the humor in it is he's like, hey, I think I can make like two hundred <laughs> an hour. <laughs> of course, she went on to end up making a thousand an hour because she mm -hmm. understood the business after some time and, and, and understood her uh, structuring and being yeah. right, right, yeah. So I, I, I said, well, that sounds like good money to me, 200 an hour. I think you Are should you do sure that. Are you sure she wasn't and already she was like, an okay. escort and then decided to bring it up to you that way just to get your take on it? 
<laughs> no, I, no, I, she positively was not an escort before that. We were together every day. Uh, and, and her aunt actually was the inspiration for her because her aunt was not really a full fledged escort, but kind ah, of a sugar okay. babe. Right. So her aunt had kind of lived this lifestyle where she would get benefits from men. Uh, we'll just call it that. And, <laughs> and so she, she had recognized that and she needed money. You know, she was in college and she just thought it would be a smart idea because it was something that her aunt had did fairly yeah. successfully, but not on a, not on a full business scale. She was, did it more kind of on the side of her regular job. Uh, but she was like, well, I don't have a regular job. I'm in college, so I'm just going to try this. So she did. And when she got in, I said, well, look, if you need help with this, if, it, if I can help you in some way, then I'd be happy to do it if you're going to make good money. And she said, okay. So she took me up on that and we got to work. And after, I guess, maybe a year or so, she really started gaining a lot of traction in the business and she immediately upped her rate. You know, she started at 200 an hour on Backpage. Okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, question. yeah, back in the is old back, Backpage days. Yeah. Uh, okay. She is Check absolutely it. white. Yeah. Just checking. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, she is white. Right. Yes. She, the best way I could describe her with her complexion and her hair, she's basically uh, very much, she looks like either like a Marilyn Monroe or Taylor oh, Swift okay. kind of look. Oh, yeah. A, a combination right. so of the she'll two. She'll definitely yeah. do well. Yes, very cute. White, she'll be fine. Yes. Yes. And she, and she was very light. She's a spinner. She had a very vintage look. She had that kind of 50s pinup vintage look, which was unique and Got that it. really sold her. So uh, she started making headway. Uh, in, in the business. And with that came more clients, with that came more need for assistance. So I became her everything. Uh, I helped her with client notes. I would help. I was her driver. I was her security. Um, I would even respond to emails for her at times if she was busy, like on a booking and she got a new email. She, I, I knew how to respond yeah. as if I was her. So yeah, so I, I helped her with all of those things. And when I was her assistant for about two and a half years, we did this uh, and she paid me well. Uh, to be her assistant, that's when we discovered the Gigolo show. And she said, Hey, you know, you know, the business like I do, you've been working mm -hmm. for me for a couple of years. You know, you have me as a resource. Maybe you should give this a try. I, she's like, I know you're going to be great with the ladies that would be your clients. That, that part is taken care of. Like we know that it's just Got about it. getting you clients. So we started working on that and uh, I created a brand and fast forward to today. Okay. Here I am. Number one, Number one nice, escort in America. Nice. Those are bold <laughs> words, bold statement from Troy. All right. Um, <laughs> Ask anyone. <laughs> uh, I mean, I believe you. Um, oh, how did you guys part ways? Well, we both lived in Florida. And we actually, by the time she got up to where she was charging a thousand an hour, uh, or just before that, she wanted mm -hmm. to get into that range. But at the time, she and I were both mm -hmm. living in Orlando. And uh, Orlando just didn't have the market. That's what they to, say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Florida, it just, by the way, for any of the women that are in the business listening, I have two pieces of important advice about Florida. The first one is <laughs> don't come here. <laughs> oh, don't shit. tour Florida. It, it, yes, it's a, it's a shit show down here. Uh, there, are high, there are high expectations for uh, a very low amount of money in Florida. Uh, this is one damn. of the worst markets in America. <laughs> yes, it really Wait, is. Are it you really still is. Based in Florida? But the, but the, you know, I am based, uh, but I'm a man for women. It's a different story. It's a different story. You have uh, to understand this. 
in Florida, your competition mm-hmm. in Florida, when you tour, say Miami is about the only city, maybe like Naples or, or Tampa, uh, your competition in Florida is the yep. women who are not I in the business. I was literally about to say, which they- you're better off freestyling in Florida than actually advertising as well. <laughs> like you're better off just living and being a but- sugar baby than actually advertising or whatever. It takes a long time to grow your clientele here. I'm not going to lie. And a lot of women have said the same sentiments that you're saying now, that it sucks to tour here. And it just sucks as a market in a whole because you have a lot of these girls who are basically giving away the farm for nothing. And these guys have no incentive to pay your rate. Yes. that You're, you're getting right yeah. to the point that I was about to hit on, which is... You have all of these very young, young very beautiful is women. That's what I call them, but go on. Uh, that, <laughs> yes, sure. Um, we'll just call them sure. unaware of their value. I love, I love <laughs> how you just so, like to make words nice. That's cute. Maybe I'll borrow your writing skills later. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I, I just well, I try to be polite, polite when I can. This is a podcast, so I, this is my chance to like you know actually say whatever the fuck I want. So. This is like my outlet. No, uh, <laughs> but you, you absolutely. I encourage back, you. Okay? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, well <laughs> you call it. You, it's funny you call it my brand, but Got this it. is just actually me. <laughs> this it. isn't me being my brand. This is just who I am. So these women who are unaware of their value, uh, they are willing to For spend nothing. weeks or months with some of these guys. Right. I call them the the oh, dinners no. and purses crap. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking yes. about too. Because I, I see them when yes, I'm the dinners and my crowd. And I'm like, oh, she's probably not getting paid. Oh, she's probably not getting paid. Because I've also gone out with would-be... Well, I've gone out by myself and gone out with other girls. And I've met would-be sugar babies out, you know, in the wild. And you start sure, to talk yeah. to them and you realize they're not even getting anything. They're just getting free dinners, maybe a trip or two, and like a handbag. So basically all the status, quote-unquote, but nothing else to show for it. So if this guy decides, oh, I'm done with you, you're screwed. Yes. Yeah. And the thing about these women that do this, uh, they're just, as I said, it's unaware sad. of their value. Uh, and this is, it's a product of them just not being educated on yeah. what the value of these things yeah. are to men. And if you're going to live in a place or tour a place uh, that this goes on, especially mm-hmm. Miami, Miami is number one in Florida yep. for this kind of action. Uh, the dinners and purses yep. crowd is strong <laughs> in Miami. Uh, and and it, I'm, I'm definitely not putting it down. If this is what, the, if this is how them. they choose to spend their time and, the, and they are satisfied with the value that they're receiving from it, that's, that's great. I'm glad they're happy. The problem that I, I have with is if they just were more educated I on what know, the value of their I bodies know. are and their time is, then they would be, have the opportunity collectively yep. all of them if they were all educated yeah then it would ra- it would raise the the demand on what should be provided for this kind of a relationship but unfortunately they they're are, always they're preying adult. on young women you know that are eight, 18 to 21 right well i wouldn't well, see, they're not all naive. dumb they just naive are naive naive they is a great no word idea. yes they're, they're naive so to the their value they right wise up they've already been yes dumped, you know and then they're bitter yes right and then it becomes and, like a whole thing yeah Right. So what is incentive does this guy have to book a woman who is 500 an hour, 700 an hour, 1,000 an hour when he's got this cute 
young girl that's mm-hmm. 18, 21 years old, and let's just mm-hmm. say he's like 35 or 40, and he's and he's taking her to dinners at fancy restaurants, and he's buying her a ham- <laughs> Yes. Yes. He knows. He knows what it takes. He knows what it takes. Clearly. Clearly. He he has he has the dinners and purses crowd master. Wow. (laughs) Yes. And so that's why Florida is just a very bad market for women. It's it's very much less sophisticated. There are so many beautiful women that give it away for nothing, basically. So you're you're keep I mean, if you were selling bread. Why w- you wouldn't go sell exactly. bread in a place that's where everybody's giving bread I away? I believe that's one of the reasons you know, why right? Epstein was able to thrive is because of this exact reason that you're talking about. These girls did not know their value, and obviously he targeted low income um, families who just wanted a couple hundred dollars, and that's how he was able to build his little pyramid scheme of young girls. Did you watch? Did you watch that documentary? I, I, yes, I did watch it. I absolutely watched it, and I've I have been to Palm Beach. I've been to West Palm Beach a lot yeah. of times. Yeah, I'm, wow, I'm a, native a native Floridian. That's um, rare. I, I, yes, I'm <laughs> native. It is extremely rare. Hey, well, I, I'll do you one better. I'm actually fifth generation wow. native Floridian. <laughs> yes, fifth, five generations. Yes, like my, and I, I only say five. Wow. It could be more than that. I just don't know. I just don't know any further back. But yes, my, uh, my I guess, great-great-grandparents uh, were wow. Floridians in the 1800s. On my mother's side, my father's side is a different story. He's he's from Michigan and Ohio. His families are from Michigan and Ohio. But uh, yes, on my mother's side, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, fifth yeah, generation. It's always nice to meet locals because you're like no one's local here. <laughs> no, so, no, so, no one is right. No one is local here. I mean, I know some local yeah, people, but that's because like they're friends of mine from way back in the stuff, day. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. My very my very best yeah, friends like, all grew up like in my me, hometown. Who did not grow my up three here best friends. Yeah. Who migrated here? It's always interesting to meet people that actually were born, you know, and raised here. So since you know that Florida is the shittiest of all markets, which is sad because it's such a beautiful place to live. <laughs> um, what would you say your top three markets are for women? Since you kind of have a very deep, deep <laughs> uh, connection to the female escort industry, which I actually did not know until you just said you had that relationship with the girl. Yes. I, well, goodness, I, I know the female escort market every bit as well, probably wow. better than oh, I know okay. the male escort well, for women market. Um, but yes, top three, because girls are always well, asking just, where is the best th- place th- to tour or to you know be in general. Okay. Well, for me personally, my business is so different than it is for women that no, whatever I'm, it is I'm that works for me for is women, not going to work you know for the escort industry or the female escort industry really well what would you say yeah for oh, women what are the top three women. markets okay you think, for women, the you business are very uh close to the female escort side well it, there's really just hey, no denying that new that york yep. is, is king number one new york is king you know there's yep. It's got the most money. It's got the most available clients. That is actually true for me as well. But that's just because exactly. New York is New York, whether a you're a man or a woman. New York is New York. I right. contemplated yes. moving there, but the weatherman. <laughs> I I did live there briefly, though. I lived there. Yeah, briefly, and I can definitely attest to that. I have definitely spent some time in New York. I've taken tours there for a week. I I even nice. did a three week tour of New York one yep. time. So I felt like I lived there uh, for a while. So I've spent yep. a lot of time in the Manhattan area. Uh, and so that that's good no matter what gender mm-hmm. you are and, and what everybody. gender you're serving. Yeah. Because there's just there's something yep. for there's something for all types there, right? 
So New York, absolutely number one destination uh, yep. for, and I would say, especially for women. Now, we, we talk about how bad Florida is for women. Now, for me yeah, personally, Florida is really good. Women here. <laughs> yes, and women. I yes. see you guys when and, I'm but, out. Don't, don't you think and, I see you? <laughs> Maybe not you, but you know you. <laughs> no, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't see me out. <laughs> That's Unless I'm with a client, then you see me. <laughs> but it's yes. But aside from that, aside from mm-hmm. women that divorced well, let's say you know they they, they divorced a guy that mm-hmm. had a lot of money and ended up with some of that wealth. Uh, aside from that, there's just a, a lot of money. Yep. Uh, generational money here. Yep. Right, especially like in the Boca I, I might, and, and I might Palm Beach areas and Miami areas. And right. Palm Beach. Just kidding. <laughs> I probably do, but just kidding. Well, you, you <laughs> might. You might. It's possible. Very. <laughs> it's possible. Yes, it's possible. Yes. But my very best clients uh, in the state of Florida for me personally have come from Miami, Boca, West Palm, about right. Tampa, and Naples. Right. But those are the that cities that you would imagine that would have yeah. more, of the, more of the wealth. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah th- and that's right. I'm talking about for me personally. Yes, yes. But some a lot of my clients though they didn't necessarily they didn't earn their yeah, money yeah. by like divorcing well. They earned their money too. by yeah, earning of it. Of course. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. self made, and then some come from generational. Uh, but but all in all honesty, uh, the the clients that I have, most of them are women that just never got to married work. because oh, they dedicated themselves that's a very to a good life niche too. Right to climbing the corporate ladder. Yes, because they spent their whole life working on this career, and now they're twenty years into it. They're making their mm-hmm. two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand. And they a year want the companionship with all the fucking games that you know people play. Yes. So and so and the other problem is is that after twenty years of a career, they're say in their mid forties now, and women in their mid forties, especially in Florida, because there's so many young, mm-hmm. good looking women all yep. over the place, they're just not treated the same as they are. You know, you can take a real a regal, sophisticated, intelligent woman and put her in the Northeast and this woman will have value to a lot of men. Put her her in Florida and they just don't care. Earlier, you know, the women in general, especially the younger women, don't know their value. So the men will rather get low-hanging fruit, so to speak, versus someone that's actually on the same speed as them, you know? Yes, but but see a lot of these men that are in the business that hire and look and you know look for the <laughs> the dinners and purses crowd. I love that crowd. you're calling it now. Uh, you know, like like <laughs> Mr. Gates. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, the, the men that are seeking this, uh, many of them have yep. egos that they don't want to be challenged, and so having a woman that is cheap, young, attractive. And knows a lot less than they do about the world and just educationally. Uh, that is their goal because this woman can't ever question them. This woman can't ever talk back to them. Uh, she she's just along for the ride. And so women that are of a certain stature, that's actually yeah, a turnoff but, to a lot of yeah, men. At least the ones I've met don't want you around to, Florida. They just want you to is sit they there they and like, be challenged. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yes, and just do do what they want you to do. Here's your dinner. Here's your purses. Yep. And that's and that's what they're looking for, and so th- there's just a very different mindset with men down in Florida as opposed mm-hmm. to more sophisticated yep. places. I mean, like and for Northeast. those who are wondering, we're not talking about Bill Gates; we're talking about Matt Gates. 
<laughs> because Bill yeah. Gates probably <laughs> would get his balls cut off by Melinda, but I don't know. I don't know. And I don't think he would be. I don't think he would be this uh, indiscreet, so- to be honest. <laughs> you know. Well, first of all, yeah, yeah Bill like Gates this, would be way Matt too Gates smart to get really caught in something like this. Being, um, what's the word? It's not even the Florida man. I just think he thought he was above the law. He was being very smug and he felt like he couldn't be touched. That's usually how guys like this get caught up because they will literally do it in plain sight thinking, oh, nobody is going to care or whatever, but they do. Exactly. Yeah, nobody's going to look into this, right? But it's so funny to think, though, that that you could possibly think that about yourself when you are a congressman. You already know the entitlement of it all. It's more, it goes back to his childhood. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He was never told no. Yes, yeah. He always got billed out of whatever shitty situation he got himself into by his parents. And now he's an adult and, you know, forgot that you're supposed to conduct yourself differently. Especially... As a fucking person in politics, like, come on, how dumb are you? <laughs> Florida well, man, that's, that's where I bring the Florida man into it because uh, he, yeah, it's just, it, it's a determination of of uh, common yep, sense yep. to some degree. When you say Florida man, well, you're <laughs> and the irony is, I am a Florida man. Exception to the rule, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and I recognized that a long time ago. <laughs> Because the people around me, I'm just That's thinking, good. gosh, you guys are just, <laughs> not, just the same. not They're just not. And, oh, <laughs> You're not so the we same. don't get off, traffic, uh, off topic here. No. So New York, what are the other top two, do you think, for women to be in? Okay, so yeah, for uh, for women, yes. So okay. New York, I would say San Francisco is I a big a one. a couple of good clients out there. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I would, I would also add, after, you, after New York and San Francisco, it kind of gets closer. Mm-hmm. On, on where the, the good places are to go. But I would yeah. say uh, Texas is very underrated. About Texas, but I definitely think there's money. Well, Texas is very underrated. Money, but yeah. I, well, I have some friends in the business mm-hmm. that used to live in California. A lot of people did. And they got they tired of paying the high taxes and such. Which part, though? Which and they're all migrating to Texas, right? But but for them. Yeah, Dallas for sure. I, will, I would say Dallas or Austin. I've never toured Austin, but. Hey, yeah, Dallas for sure. Not? So you heard it here, folks. <laughs> go to New York, go to San Francisco, go to Dallas, <laughs> go to Austin, Texas. Yes. I love yes. Chicago. And I would add I would add Chicago to that as well. Yeah. yeah, I do I do love Chicago. I've had bookings in Chicago as well. And um yeah, Chicago mm-hmm. is a good place for women to go. It's just it's another uh, yeah. major hub yeah. that I've both genders can succeed yeah. in. Me and and the ladies. Yeah, it's just so cold too. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it I think is, colder. I think colder cities, though, is have, part like, of the reason if why. If you had good. a goal, I yes. guess if you, for me now, I'm at a point in life where I need quality of life too. Like I can't just go somewhere just because of money. Like I also have to have a well-rounded situation going on. Yes. But I think if you're just starting out and you really just want to put your head down and work hard, go to go live in one of these markets or at least tour there frequently. Stack your money and then go live wherever the hell you want. And that's and that has been my premise yeah. for my career because I've lived in Florida my whole life. I've lived mm-hmm. in Orla- uh, Orlando and Miami, but that's exactly. because work here in Florida is good for me. You know, we as, as we covered with the women that are here, because women are very different than men. They're not looking for some young yeah. guy to take the dinners and you know th- this is not how women operate they don't want they don't want yep. just arm candy they want a real connection they want mm-hmm. the reciprocity they want the companionship they want the intimacy yep. the seduction the romanticism 
you know, they, they want so all of these things and you have to be all of those things to satisfy a woman where with a man, you <laughs> can pretty me, much just I be know, young and I have friends that keep and complaining they, they really don't care about these girls that maybe scammed them a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, but you're going back. Why are you sure? Done? <laughs> <laughs> well, they just, you know, they, they, you you know they either don't learn yep, or they're yep. just thinking with the, the wrong part of the brain. So, Okay, you mentioned that your uh, service is definitely different compared to women. So how do you see your, your experience in the industry as a whole compared to that of women? Well, I wouldn't say that my, that my service is different than women. My service, uh, well, let me put it this way. My clients seek something yeah. different than female escorts clients see, right? So many of the women in the business, and there are many, many mm -hmm. men, uh, you know, nationwide and around the world. There are so many and there's so much demand for so many different things that you can't just of sum course. up what female escorts do into just one nutshell because there's so many demographics of, of types. And for a lot of men, they, they just want to hire a woman that is it's purely about uh, their age and their physical appearance and whatever intimacy that they would like to get involved in. And it, and it ends there. They, they don't really care how intelligent they are, how well they carry a conversation. Uh, it's not about the, the woman being there to uh, provide like a companionship service or a romantic service, right? It's just, I mean, it's just a physical service. In, in, in general, yes. That's the in case general, for some yes, women. Yes, yes, for, yes. That, that's the case for some women. In general, yes. Now, they, there is a different echelon of women who are, I would say, my counterparts in service. Uh, they are usually very high priced and they are usually only hired by yep. uh, men that have a lot of disposable income that find that find value in the kind of things that I provide, like the companionship yep. and the reciprocity and the romance, you know, these things like that. Some men are actually like that. They have a lot of money and they just it's easier for them to hire yep. a woman to, that has all of these elements that they're looking for. But those women usually charge quite a bit of money because they're offering yep. all of these elements and they're not just young and attractive, but that's a, you know, there's two mm -hmm. different sizes. We call it like the PSE and the GFE, right? You know, the porn star experience or the girlfriend experience. Uh, majority of women uh, offer themselves mm -hmm. uh, as the PSE, a majority of women in the business, a smaller percentage, but still quite a few um, offer a more girlfriend experience where there's more of an intellectual yep. and emotional connection like a relationship. Yeah. And I is, would say those end up, for me a, personally, those thing. end up being your best clients, the ones that you actually connect with on a deeper level than just the physical. Yes. Yes. For me anyway. But yeah. Yeah. And I've had, no, well, that's, I wouldn't just say that's for you. I think that's probably a pretty general statement um, because the, the men that are seeking to have that kind of a connection with you, they are going to value you as a person more than exactly. somebody who is paying for just the use of your body, right? So for me, all of my clients are this way. They, the only reason that they're booking me is they want all of those elements of, of what the experience is. So, and, I, and that's not by accident. I mean, I, I marketed myself that way. I branded myself that way, right? I wasn't put out there putting, you know, a bunch of nude photos online or a bunch of shirtless Plus, photos honest, you know, i'm always in a suit i'm always dressed nice clients. i'm always if in a nice place the nude things you probably would attract male clients well, right <laughs> yes yes 
Well, exactly. men and women have a different exactly. order of preference of what it is they want to experience. Many times, and many times for me, uh, anything that is physically intimate is usually yeah. fifth or sixth on their list of what's important to them. Above that is an emotional connection, the uh, romance, uh, the companionship aspect. Uh, this is the things that they that when they put their money down for this experience with me, those are the things that they really want. Now, the physical intimacy can be a part of that. Many times it's actually not because it's just not that important to them because they're getting all of the other needs met it's that they so want met by procuring my female side for the guys that want more. It's usually the physical part is usually like not like the, you know, in the front line. It's somewhere in there, like later on, it could happen, but that's usually not what they're looking for. So that's very interesting. Yes. For some men, yeah. it is, it, it is parallel to the women. It's just, it's just more typical of yeah. the female so, clients to so have that order picture. of preference Let's say I booked you for, the night for the things that they seek. And I wanted you to like plan a dinner date okay. and then we'll end up at my mansion, obviously, because I'm very rich. <laughs> Because I'm a rich bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a, you laugh, you laugh but it's happened. Rich, you laugh, so but it's happened. <laughs> how, how, walk me through the night. Paint that picture for me. I Well, it's, well, it's, it's not exciting terribly to exciting to the audience the that's listening here. Uh, it's Well, it's just very simple. I, and, of course, this depends on what kind of booking they've Overnight, they overnight. Have, uh, set with me, whether I'm it's a just a dinner baller. date or Come it's an now. overnight date. <laughs> yeah. right, let's call it an overnight date. All right. You're a big baller. All right. Well, you know. Nah, I'm going all in. Some, some women like in. to test overnight the waters first. first, and then they do the overnight or weekends. <laughs> <laughs> right away, you're riding. Hey, look, it's I've been there. I've had it. <laughs> but that's okay. I welcome that. I welcome uh, overnights on a first date. Uh, so the, I guess based on her preferences, because I try to open a dialogue of communication with my clients mm -hmm. instead of just, hey, I'll see you at this time at this place. So I would try to understand what their interests are, and it can vary a lot. Sometimes they have the whole night planned for me or for, or to say for us. Uh, other times, the reason they're booking me is they want to have a date experience, but they want it to feel authentic, like uh, you know a man is coming and he's made all the decisions on what we're doing tonight. So it can vary. So let's just say that this is a date, in your hypothetical, uh, this is a date where I'm making all the decisions on what we do. I will have sought out what kind of foods she might like. And okay. so I will pick a restaurant that is suited to her taste. And it's usually a nice place. Uh, I, and I always, I always tell them ahead of time in case they, mm -hmm. you know, want to make a, a different decision. So, yeah, I don't, I don't want any hiccups in the date. So I tell them, hey, you know, we're going to do, I gave them basically an itinerary of, of the night, if that's what they want from me. So I tell them we're going to have dinner. We will have, dinner and drink wine, have a lovely time together, getting to know each other. And then when we go decide that we are done with dinner, we're going to go back to the mansion. Uh, we go back and we'll usually have some really nice conversation, uh, you know, in the den, maybe over another glass of wine or uh, cheese and crackers, you know, whatever, something to kind of set the mood. And I, that will usually lead Ooh. me to uh, okay. maybe giving Look her a foot you. massage or yes. like a leg massage. massage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes well i try to make sure that we make a physical connection because 
after we've this is the way of the order of things is i always try to make an intimate connection first mm -hmm. uh just through the conversation and getting acquainted then as we get more comfortable i and comfort is key for me i always want a woman to be extremely comfortable uh with me Smart. so i'm not just going to be all over her you know as soon as we have our date uh yes uh, you know let her let mm -hmm. her get a little more enthusiastic about what's going to happen later. Okay. Okay. You know, it's, it's try to slowly percolate the situation. <laughs> so then I might give her a foot massage and massage her calves while we talk more about her job or about her life or about life in general. Uh, just, you know, we, we talk about uh -huh. uh, just the life in the world <laughs> usually, but if she has something specific she would like to talk about, then I, I'm happy to talk about anything. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of things, so it's, it makes it easy to have conversation. And so we'll do a little bit of that. And it will usually lead to if she wants physical intimacy. Well, if she's seeking additional physical intimacy mm. to say a massage, then I will let her make that move. And I and it's up to her because yes. I am a big proponent of, of consent. So I don't want to make any moves that I'm not 100% certain of. So she has to give me some indication that this is something that she wants from me. And it doesn't yeah. always have to be her making the move. It can just be the vibe that I'm getting. And, I'm, you know, I, I've been on enough dates in my life where I can recognize when a woman is putting yeah. out a vibe where she's welcoming the physical in intimacy. Yeah. If, I'm not, if I'm not getting that from her with certainty, then I will allow her to either further persuade me or Got just it. go ahead and take over and say, and say hey, this is what I want to do. So that may or may not lead to a physically intimate situation, perhaps in bed. But many times they just have so much appreciation for the companionship and uh, just the touching and uh, the, the feeling of connection. You feel connected to a human being. You know, they, a lot, many of the women yeah. that, I, that I serve, they don't ever get touched in that way. They don't have somebody to do that. And so for them, uh, anything sexually intimate is not necessarily yeah. their real yearning. Their yearning is just human touch from a man who is treating them with respect, who has no expectations, who is there to serve at their will at all times. Nice. It's completely, I like it. That's uh, very, it's dating on demand is what I call it. Specifically curated <laughs> yes. to it's what I, it's, a woman. I like that. Nice. In, in my world, in my world, yep. the perfect experience is the experience that you want. There is no perfect experience that I'm not going to sit here and dictate to you what your perfect experience is because many women have a different idea of that. So that is why I try to put the ball in their court to show me what it is they want out of the experience. And then I tailor so that experience to their How needs. long have you been a companion? So oh, I've been a veteran. companion since 2012, <laughs> April 2012. So uh, <laughs> it's, yes, yes, nine years in escort years, yes, I've been in the business for nine years. I actually wow. I you have created my brand on April fourth, twenty twelve. Nice. Yes, yes, I did recently, nice. fifteen days ago. So, do you was advertise these days? It's nine year anniversary. So, I have tried all of the advertising avenues that we all know of yes. that are traditionally for female escorts uh, to seek out male clients. The issue that there is for me with these sites is. All of these known sites that we know of, you know, your Slixa, your Trist, uh, TER, whatever, uh, boards, P411, all this, they either do not allow males, which would be TER and P411, as far as I know. Wow, still, I they, didn't do know not, that. they don't even allow male pr providers on their platforms. 
Yes, they actually do not allow males. I I've tried to. Well, with T, I, I was I was turned <laughs> off by TER a long time ago, so I never even wanted to get involved in that. Yes, yeah, I'm talking about way before uh, women yeah. started having a mass exodus from TER because they all got put up with it. Uh, long before that, because of my friend, you know, that I worked for, uh, she never got she on TER. She was in. Uh, she was a uh, unreviewed woman, non-reviewed. Yes, she never. She never wanted to be a part of that shit show. We'll call it. Uh, so, but look, a lot of women yeah, make a lot of money on their, TER. So I'm not going to down the women that use it because they do make their money from it. Yes, yeah, each their own. Yes, I just didn't want to personally be a part of that because I felt like I just had a different kind of brand. For, for that kind of thing. The other side of it is, and what I was uh, alluding to, is that these advertising sites, 99.99% of the traffic they get that our clients are men that are looking for women. So that's <laughs> only leaving me. All right, we'll give it 99.9. <laughs> so it's leaving me with 0.1% of, of potential clients that would book me that are women are going to are the traffic for these sites. But at, and at the same time, these sites and hey, it's their decision, and I don't blame them. But they I want mean, to charge me honest, the same price too much for the as if I'm a woman. Giving, by the way, so and, honestly, I mean, yes, I've gotten some really great clients, obviously from the websites. But over the years, it's dwindled the the quality of the clientele, especially ever since FOSTA SESTA. It's it's just gone downhill, and I feel like anyone that's taking money from yes. the escort industry in general tend to try to gouge us on price. From the photographers to the web designers to like everyone, because they think we're like Miss Money Bags, and they're just trying to like get as much as they can get. Well, it's and it becomes a supply demand issue, right? And they, like so, photographers, for example, the reason they'll charge you a lot is because they know you're willing to pay it because you have exactly. a premium on discretion over what it is that you do, right? So they're they able to charge a premium are. because uh, <laughs> photographers are hard to trust. You know, I've heard of yep. photographers. Yes, there are many bad ones I've out there that have bad too. intentions. Uh, they, I've, I've heard of women getting blackmailed by photographers. Yep. I've, I've heard of photographers releasing unedited photos them. of women or using mm -hmm. those photos of women for their own commercial purposes. Right. So now, so you've limited the base of photographers that you can use uh, to the ones that are known to be trustworthy. And then when you have just a small section to choose from, that has cut off all the supply. Therefore, the ones that have the reputation for being top notch and discreet and professional. So they, now there's so few yeah. of them that women in this business can use and they yep. know that. So they're able to charge you a premium because you're paying for the trust. Facts. You're not paying for the quality of photography necessarily. You're paying more for the trust, that premium. And, and right. And so it's the same thing with web designers. You know, web designers know that you do <laughs> a business that is uh, questionable, questionable, at least in society. You know, I'll only go that far with it. I won't say it yet. Yeah, it's at least a questionable. And when I say questionable, it means that you're not necessarily doing something that's illegal because like my service is, is 100% legal. And lucky for me, I just frankly don't care who knows that I do it. So I don't have yeah. any reason to pay a Plus, premium for honest, someone to keep something discreet for me because I don't need I don't need the discretion. People know. Look, I've been on that. Let's, let's, let's be honest about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, in all honesty, in all honesty, yeah. absolutely, I'm much safer with people knowing what I do than your average woman. But it doesn't mean, it does not mean, though, that yeah. I am completely safe mm -hmm. because there are people that have tried to use what I do against me in some way. That has happened in my life. 
fortunately it was no big deal um but it, it, it's not yeah, to say no, though you that, don't get uh, off that just because i'm a man that i get off uh, skate, skate free than a woman yep. i mean let's yep. okay let's yep. let's take um remember rent boy got busted yes rent man or whatever <laughs> and uh, yeah and look at the way yes. that bust went they was both versus yeah. when female escorts get busted or arrested or whatever the reporting is different like everything is different <laughs> like because they, they treat the women like people that are doing things against their will yes you know being coerced being trafficked they did not say one man was trafficked in the whole rent man busting things like that is what i mean yes and that is because inherently in our culture in america that when men make decisions <laughs> to do immoral things, they're doing it with agency. And when, women, and when women do things that are considered immoral, they're doing it without their own agency. We don't give women agency to make decisions for themselves. And this mm -hmm. is why they make the narratives. Oh, they're being trafficked. They're being forced into it. And a lot of women are oh, a lot of women. I mean, I saw, you know, when FOSTA SESTA was a big thing and this is what they were saying. They were like, Fosta Sesta does not represent my situation. I decided to get into this. This is a business for me. No one coerced me. No one convinced me. I'm just a grown woman who made a decision to get into the service industry. Why are you painting all of us, including me, like I was either forced into it because I was hungry or some man made me do it or I was trafficked? Like none of those apply to me. Does that apply to some women? Yes, it applies to many women. And this is, I understand that in terms of what they were saying with the FOSTA SESTA. But the problem with the FOSTA SESTA was they were trying to paint the entire industry on a portion of the industry. And so a lot of women that were choosing to do this on their own volition and make good money doing it and feeding themselves and feeding their kids and, you know, buying their house or whatever they were doing with it, uh, they were being painted in this broad stroke of, well, clearly you're a woman and you don't have independent agency. Exactly. So we're deciding it's for crazy. you that you you could do something better with your life. And, and women didn't want to hear that. Right. And all they did with that FOSTA SESTA when they shut everything down is they just made the situation worse because women that had broken away mm -hmm. from bad situations like trafficked or, uh, or having a pimp or something like that, women that broke away from that and went independent and were running their own business and doing just fine with it, once they shut down all of the ways for those women to make money, they made those women who yep. this is what they do for a living, they just ran them right back into the arms of, of dangerous pimps. And further underground, and and so when they go dis when they disappear or get hurt, and, exactly. or it's, potentially it's sad, really. dead, uh, we don't know about it. Yes, yeah, but that's you know this is what this is mm -hmm. what uh, big government does. You know they create a narrative, especially when it comes to a moral narrative. They'll, they'll create a, they'll create a narrative and paint a broad stroke and say this is the action we need to take when the problem that they are talking about exists, but it exists in just a portion of whatever it is that they're attacking. And so then they attack the Crazy. whole thing and then you're Crazy. actually hurting a lot more people than you but, are helping um, the people. But anyways, before we dive down that rabbit hole. So do yep. you, you don't advertise on, you know, the uh, traditional websites because most of it is for women. So I'm assuming SEO, that's your thing or. Yeah, so twi uh, really? Twitter was the thing that I absolutely that. made Free me advertisement. Uh, get yes. to the point where I am. <laughs> it is, yes, yeah, Twitter did it, yes. But it was it was yeah, anything yeah, yeah, but yeah. free, though, because I mean, in terms of, yes, of uh, financially, yes, it didn't cost me any. But lots and lots and lots and lots of time, because when you because when you use a free platform like Twitter and I can tell you this coming from basically when when I got into this business, I wasn't 
I wasn't trying to fall into Smart. what was already an organized market. I was trying to create a market, which I ended up doing. There really aren't. Because there just aren't male escorts for women <laughs> Ooh, out there. Shots fired. Other, other than the Cowboys, which I don't recommend. Uh, Oh, please, 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 please. They blocked wow. me like eight years ago. <laughs> but honestly, they they're the they show up in Google when you because I actually um typed no, in they... male escort or whatever when I when I got sent this article that we just discussed, just to kind of see what the hell is out there as far as male escorts. And you're right. There really aren't many options as far as for you know, straight men. Yes. And and uh, one thing that it's nothing it's out of my control, but it bothers me some mm-hmm. is Look, I have tried to create an example for this business because when I got into it, there was mm-hmm. when I got into the business there, I just didn't see anyone like me or doing it the way that I would do it. So when I so when I decided to create my brand and decided to start seeking out clients to provide the service, I was basically having to make it all up as I went because there was no example ahead of me for me to follow. Everything that I found, which was not much, uh, it just was not. I guess kept thinking mm-hmm. to myself with with different male escorts for women that I would find online, which there were very few. Uh, I just didn't agree with the way that they presented themselves. That like women would advertise to men, but women are not men. Exactly. And everywhere I went, I saw this, and it was always, you know, shirtless photos and underwear with their six pack abs. And but I find and, that the guys that do that usually cater to men, though. Well, are, here's are the catch. they are they catering to women as well? I don't know. Well, he, okay, you're, you're getting ahead of me just slightly. <laughs> what, I was, what I was alluding to is, is that these men that, are, that claim to be male escorts for women and they're putting up you know, the underwear photos and all that. Uh, again, look, if you really are for women and, you want, and that's the way you want to market yourself, that's fine. But what I have found is some of these male escorts that, are, that brand themselves I'm a male escort for women, I have found out through the grapevine <laughs> of, my many, of my many, many, many thousands. I know thousands of female escorts in the business. Okay. And yes. Uh, you know, many of them follow me on Twitter and I talk to many of them. Uh, so I know the scoop uh, basically on a lot of things, a lot of times. And some of these men, these women confirmed that, oh, that guy, oh, I know for sure that he sees men. And I'm but, like, but he doesn't but matter. He doesn't matter. That. Is what you're saying? Yes. Uh, so, okay. right. so they're trying to play both sides. They're trying. But they can just, literally advertise as buy. It's not even that deep. Who cares anymore? These no. Days? Here's what. <laughs> no, well, you'd be surprised. 2021. <laughs> uh, well, well, I'm about to drop a little knowledge on you when it comes to that. <laughs> okay. All right. School me. If if you are a if you are a male escort for women, you have to advertise yourself as a male escort for women and. If you are bi, then you have to advertise yourself for bi. And here's why. In terms of being, if you really have aspirations to have female clients, then you, you cannot advertise yourself as bi. Because women that would hire, many of them do not want to see a man that is bi. Ah, uh, okay. Because they, the authenticity is not there in their mind. Now, I'm not saying you can't authentically be bi. You really can. Maybe you really just love women and you love men. Or maybe you really love women and you only see men just for the money and you really – it's not in your heart uh, to, to be homosexual mm-hmm. or, you know, or whatnot. 
so you're not personally getting enjoyment out of the experience. Let's say it's just you do that for money and then the women is who you really want to see. Well, if you advertise yourself as bi, many of the women that you want to hire you, they will not hire you because they don't think you're authentically straight. Wow. Okay. And they want and they want an authentically straight man Strictly because vagina. Got it. Right. Yes. So this is where I've seen men trying to play both sides, where they advertise themselves entirely as male escorts for women. But I know through friends and, and other ways that they definitely see are seeing men. And look, if they want to see men, I got that's I got no problem with it. None at all. But what I have a problem with is you selling to women that you are a straight man that they are hiring for themselves when you are not when you are. I mean, can you really fault them, though? You know, they're just doing what they got to do. I mean, there are plenty of women that advertise duos and shit and they're not actually gay. Or lesbians or like women at all because i mean that was actually a thread at one point where i think bitches were complaining that but you know th- well, women I, weren't I, authentically bi and they were faking it <laughs> during sessions okay but it's but there's a massive there's a massive difference between those two things how when you're doing a duo with another woman you are two female paid performers who are performing together for a male client let's just say mm-hmm. in in the scenario for the women that are hiring the man in my case they are a part of the performance. Uh, when you're when it, when it's a duo, the man is doing that because maybe he wants to see two women together, mm-hmm. and it's a, and it's kind of like a show. But for that, th- there's a different dynamic in they just want to see it happen, and the difference of the, that person interacting with them intimately when they're not straight. When you that's the expectation. Ah, uh, okay. So basically, you're so saying I, men don't care and women do. Well, I, I guess I'd put it this way: if there were, if there was a woman, this is this. I keep, I've never even heard of this scenario, but I'm sure it's happened. If there was a woman that just decided that she wanted to hire two straight male escorts to perform together for her, and they did that, then I don't have a problem with them doing that. But what I have a problem with is you advertising yourself as a straight male escort for women, and that the woman that has hired you has bought into that but you actually also see men just advertise yourself appropriately is all I'm saying. I don't seem, I, I have had male clients, but not for physical intimacy. The male clients that hire me have either hired me for a duo with a woman for performance or have hired me for my intimacy coaching. Yeah. And you also work with female escorts too. So, Oh yes. A hundred percent. I get, I get hired by female. Yeah, escorts. I know. <laughs> yes. I work with female escorts. I'm hired by female escorts. And, uh, and of course I see my clients. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what do you think is a misconception about male escorts then? Oh, a misconception about male escorts. That's kind of tough because I feel like the conceptions of male escorts are pretty accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what are the conceptions that you think are accurate since there are no misconceptions? Uh, well, as far as other male escorts are concerned, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the, well, we just talked about it, uh, that, that they, when I talk about straight male mm-hmm. escorts now, right? Because there's a, obviously a huge difference between a gay male escort, straight male mm-hmm. escort. So when it comes to straight male escorts, most of them that I'm aware of, which there are not many, uh, they they see a majority of male clients because it's where the money yeah. is. Same thing with gay porn, but yeah. Sure, right. And I, I want to reiterate, I'm totally fine with that. I got no problem with anyone being gay or straight. I just don't like it when male escorts are are tricking women 
that are would be clients into selling them this fantasy that they're really straight, but really they see men all the time. Gotcha. Because if a woman, because you're 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 withholding information from that woman that I think is unfair to withhold from mm-hmm. her, and if if she decided that she didn't care that you saw men also, then then great. At least there's an honest interaction. So you think here. that's for her to decide? Yes, that should be for her to decide. In my opinion, now maybe people might disagree with that. Hey, but people disagree with I, everything. So, well, right. But to me, there is to me there is honor in if you're a straight male escort, you are a straight male escort. And you don't advertise yourself as something that you're not. Got it. Which many, most, most of the men in the business. Uh, now I'm not counting the cowboys because I don't know anything about them, and I'm pretty sure they, at least the business, they they only accept female clients. I do know that. Yeah. For yeah. cowboys, although I don't approve of any yeah. of them because <laughs> I'm not a fan of any way. Any firing these shots. <laughs> I, I, this is just honest opinion. Look, if they, if they were, if they provided a service that I thought was outstanding, I would sit here and tell you, I think their service is outstanding and they're a big time competition for me. I don't see them as competition at all because they are just so very different than I am. I'm, I'm a totally different product and service than what they offer. But the, the men that are independent, like mm-hmm. myself, uh, which there are very few of, uh, even the ones that have had some level of success or that are somewhat known in the community or nationally, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's very few. Uh, you know, these guys, they... Now, some of them, they do advertise themselves as bi. And I'm like, hey, great. At least you're being yeah. honest. But there is one in particular that I know of that sees mostly men. But, but he's, always, he's always parading himself on Twitter and, and otherwise as, you know, this ultimate. I think I, think I uh, might know who you're friend. talking about, but we, we're not a gossip podcast. So we're going to move on. What is one misconception yes, I wasn't about-, <laughs> about you? <laughs> I wasn't about to say (laughs) what No, what is a misconception people have about me? I think again, for the most part, I think that I'm pretty well conceived because I've very meticulously and deliberately put out uh, a branding of myself through my Twitter and my website that is an accurate depiction of who I am. So most people pretty much get who I am and I've met all these different women Mm -hmm. in the business. So many of them have met me and they of course, I mean, that's how I actually got to this point is it started with uh, women in the business. I owe everything okay. to them uh, for when I got started. Um, I My career was built off the backs of female escorts, 100%. So what you're so saying I would is not- that you owe us reparations? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm always I think I- looking for a sugar daddy. Hey. <laughs> well, I think, I think I've done plenty of paying those in the forms of service. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Okay. Um, oh, t- I meant to ask you, sidebar, t- your clients, yeah. what is their demographic? You know, race, uh, age, group, blah, blah, blah. Well, it doesn't take a lot of imagination to conjure up what my average client is like in terms of demographic. I mean, you can just look at general socioeconomic. So like at um, least 40 and up. Statistics. Yes. Well, yes, definitely over 40. But people... Okay, you want a misconception? Here is one. Now mm-hmm. that I've thought of it, uh, one misconception of my work is that I only see—not only, but a, a large majority of the clients that I have are sixty or seventy years. Got old. it. Like very, very elderly women who are, you know, this one last hurrah. <laughs> really, sixty-year-old yeah. is a one last hurrah. What women do you know? <laughs> well, I mean, not, not before you die. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just mean one last hurrah at, at having this, uh, you know, this intimate With relationship. A young man. That, 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 Got it. Okay. Right. Uh, that is actually, that is not the case. Uh, most of my clients range in the 40 to 50s age and most of them in the and 40s. They look good because I've seen these women. I mean, not yours, but I'm sure they're the same. Uh, I've seen them. Women are taking care of themselves these days. They're not just letting themselves go like back in the day. So sometimes no, sure. I, I, how old they are, you know. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah, absolutely. My clients all look younger yeah. than their age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, but they really do. They really do. Okay. <laughs> no, my clients, my clients, uh, they're usually at minimum very yes. attractive. And maybe I just find them personally attractive, but it's not, you know, that's another misconception. Oh, well, these women, uh, I, I could say this, people assume that with my job that because they think yeah. like men and yeah. they don't think like women, they assume that with my job that these women that hire me, they must be so physically mm-hmm. unattractive that they just cannot possibly get a date because of their physical. I mean, they, they say the with. same for female escorts too. And we all know that that's not always the case. Actually, majority of the time, that's right. not always the case. So, Right. There are so many other reasons why people would choose to do this other than I'm just so physically yeah. unattractive that people just won't date me. That is actually not the case with the majority of my clients. They're usually very good looking women. And it's just that they made a career choice or they're just tired of, of the the riffraff of dating and they just, they have money and they're like, I have the means to do this and I get what I want. I get the perfect date all the time. I get the experience I want all the time and I don't have to worry about appeasing. Uh, This is another thing, a big factor in why women hire me is whenever they get to have the great time that they've had with me, whenever it's time to go back to work or go back to life or go back to whatever it is they're doing, they don't have to worry about me getting jealous of their time. Got it. I, they don't have to worry about appeasing me. And because if you get into a regular relationship with somebody and you are, say, a very successful professional woman that works 50 hours, 60 hours a week, and you're, you know, you're bringing in a lot of money, but you have, you're mm-hmm. very committed to your job. There's very little time for you otherwise to, other than to just cook dinner and do laundry and you're going back to work. There are women in the situation that I see and they've tried doing the regular dating thing, but the and, it, and they can actually find a partner that works pretty well for them. But what ends up happening is, is that person gets so starved for their time because yeah. they're never available. I mean, same, same. Thing and then with that male, relationships. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then you also have to deal with the um, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Emasculation, because the woman is earning more. So she has to baby his his ego, too. Yes, yes, yes. It, women like this that I, that I just described, um, they have a major issue with dating men. For that reason, is that a lot many? I would I would say most men, mm-hmm. meaning over half, uh, have a have of an ego problem. Of course, they do. <laughs> they have it's an ego problem. The DNA. And uh, <laughs> yes, it is. And it, it's I understand it's some you know uh, some level of uh, instinctual yeah, survivability. Yeah, because technically, biologically, you know, this is, this is why we're programmed to be the one providing for the for the woman, and then right. we just flip the script. And some guys say, oh, I'm cool with it. But from all the successful women I've talked to that are still single, professional women, that's the number one issue. Like, they don't mind dating below their tax bracket. But because these guys are not earning as much as their women, it becomes a thing. Then they end up cheating on them to feel 
good about themselves or whatever the fuck is going on in their yes. mind. And these women rather just not deal with any of that bullshit. That's why they hire you. <laughs> well, yes, that, that's absolutely right. To go a little, actually to go a little deeper on your thought, originally in humanity, since, since we got mm -hmm. on the topic, uh, it, back in the hunter-gatherer days, a very long, long time ago, it was actually the women and the children that were the providers for the families because the man would be off trying to hunt a, a wild boar with a spear mm -hmm. you know, or something. And many times it was unsuccessful. It was very difficult to do back in those days. So the, pe so the woman actually was in charge of keeping the family fed on a daily basis until the man could provide that because they would go gather things, berries and fruits and, and other things that they could eat while the man day after day would unsuccessfully try to hunt for meat. And then occasionally they would get something and then provide that. But it's interesting thought that some people just go into this draconian, you know, man has always been the provider for families. And I'm like, actually, women and children were the providers well, a long I mean, time even ago. Well, if you look at the, um, the lions, the, the male is supposed to also be a protector, too. So, you know. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, the protection so, aspect. I was so, providing so for that. the family. And then the women or the, the female, the lionesses, were actually the ones doing the hunting, whereas the males were protecting the pride, so to speak, or whatever. Yes. And then, I mean, so, yes. but some could say gathering is not providing. Gathering is nurturing. <laughs> but we are not trying to get into a philosophical <laughs> debate here. <laughs> hey, if they didn't, I'll, I'll just leave you with this. If they didn't gather, nobody was eating. Well, yeah, if, if, they didn't, <laughs> if they didn't make sure that people were nurtured and all that good shit, if they didn't give the men encouragement to go back out there the next day. <laughs> the, Is that what they were really yeah, providing with the, the encouragement? species would be dead. If it wasn't for women just as a whole, <laughs> we, would not, we would not have oh, well. any people alive right now because men would just be killing Humanity. everything. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Humanity starts and ends with women. Absolutely, I hundred percent agree. And I, but I just like to throw that out there because I think women get shortchanged historically yeah. on their contributions to Shit, they still to get humanity. Now, what are you talking about everything. historically? <laughs> oh, they, yeah, well, they get they get, <laughs> they get shortchanged uh, all over the place. Whether it's in the past yes. or now, yes, absolutely, yeah. women get way shortchanged. I'm, I'm, an, I am absolutely a feminist. I love women. I think women are so important to society. And they are just not valued uh, the way that they should be. But that's something that. I'm trying to change. I love that about you. Um, so let's talk COVID. How <laughs> has it affected you from last year until now? Well, like probably anyone else, COVID had a pretty tremendous effect on my ability to serve clients that are uh, in other okay. places. You know, so for like for my Florida clients, well, of course, initially I was unable to see anyone, but nobody was seeing exactly. anybody for yeah. anything. You know, group birthday parties, it didn't matter. Uh, I actually had a couple of tours canceled right when they shut the country down. I was going to tour Denver and mm -hmm. DC back to back and I had the, the flights purchased and then boom, it all hit like two weeks before those yeah. tours COVID and then of course I had to cancel that. Plans, that's for sure. Yes. Yes. Especially like right then it was, uh, I had those trips booked in, um, in February or, or like late February. And then, uh, it all came crashing down in mid March when they shut everything down. So that made me unable to do those tours. And then, of course, in the meantime, after that, I was unable to travel at all because, you know, the flights weren't going 
places or it was difficult to travel and people didn't even want to get together because there wasn't even testing. Yeah. There wasn't even, you know, there's we're far from vaccine. So everybody was a little nervous about it. Understandably. So, you know, even though um, a majority of people understand that uh, if you were to catch it, uh, that it didn't mean you were going to die. You know, the fatality rate is, is higher than most uh, viruses, but it's not like you catch yeah. it and it's a coin flip for you. So pe people weren't like completely freaking out about getting together, but they just wanted to play it safe. Yeah, and I was course. all for that. I, mean, I, I didn't want to catch it either. Cause you just never know. Yeah. yeah so that made me, un that made me unable to go to Manhattan. It made me unable to go Everybody to San Francisco, Chicago, I mean, you name it. <laughs> they Atlanta. all came here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. They all came here. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, I'm here. <laughs> Like, hey, hey, oh, while you're down here, you know, your, your boy Troy, your boy Troy is here for you. Let's do it. Uh. Yeah, right. No, I, even then, though, I was not trying to uh, see anyone yeah. in particular during the time when there was a lot of uncertainty, no testing, uh, no way to even know how you yeah. deal with it if you get it or what your odds are of living. So, of course, I was staying absolutely safe with all of that. So I mostly just spent a lot of time uh, working on Dang. myself, which was great because I had months Yes, I had months to uh, continue my education on women. I had months to uh, mm -hmm. learn all, all kinds of things. I got into, I, I got very uh, deep Same. into investing oh and, and learning about. This. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, yes, well, yeah. I don't know about a lot of people, but I feel like a, a handful of people did that. I really enjoyed the downtime, honestly. I know people are bitching about it, but to me, I welcomed it. I was like, yes, now I can do a ton of shit that I needed to do all this time. And it was great. Yes. Well, that is the upside of it. Absolutely. I'm with you completely on that. I was able to work on myself a lot. And uh, but the downside, though, was that I was really building momentum at that time from because I was not I was pretty fresh off of my uh, national TV yeah, appearance gonna, on the show. We're going to dive into that a little bit later. Uh huh. Yes. No. Right. OK. Um, but so that happened in April of 19. So from there, there was a lot of buildup over the summer, over the fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, from the show. So I was starting to new, uh, more new clients, go to more new places. And I was still building on that momentum right about the time that the pandemic hit. And then it just yeah. completely halted the momentum that I had. So for me, it was it was kind of a double edged sword. I got to work on myself, but it absolutely killed the best yeah. momentum I've ever I had in my you. career. I hear uh, you. I mean, uh, I had some show. plans that he ended up getting sidetracked too. So I completely feel you on that one. There, well, there was a saving grace to this though. Because of the pandemic, everybody was uh, streaming things yeah. at home. You know, everybody's at home, yeah. so everybody's just binge watching everything. What, what was awesome was is that my show came out on Hulu nice. last summer. So right in the middle of the pandemic, they added my show to Hulu, and then all these people that were stuck Yay! at home were suddenly watching my show. We we love a, <laughs> so a good rebuild, uh, so a good yeah we love that okay. <laughs> Yes. So that actually ended up benefiting me that everybody was stuck at home watching mm -hmm. uh, streaming because that that got my show, uh, the show I was on uh, in front of many, many millions and millions of eyeballs it. that it otherwise wouldn't have. If everybody was busy, you know, doing their regular life, if not for the pandemic, then they would maybe wouldn't have seen it. So because of that, I began getting contacted a lot uh, at, after that point that Hulu had released it and people started watching nice. it. And I mean, it's airing and. I think 30, country, 30 nice. countries you can watch the show. And like the, I said, I'm always in the market for a sugar yeah. daddy. So now that you're rich. <laughs> I'm on. in no position Come to be anybody's sugar daddy. <laughs> so how did you get hooked up with Andy? Look, and what is the name of the show exactly? I'm going to put this in the show notes as well. 
Okay. So, uh, well, I'll start with the name of the show. Uh, it is a documentary series on A&E called The Untold mm-hmm. Story. Oh, the Untold Story. And it's a five, it's a five series. Uh, I'm sorry, a five episode series of two hours each. And they cover different things. And so mine was a specific episode of the five. And it was called Untold Story okay. Sex for Sale. Okay. They had another one called Untold Story, The Murder of John and A. Ramsey, uh, Untold Story, uh, Ooh, I'm, a, I'm a Teen okay. Bride. <laughs> you know, they covered like different, yeah, they, they covered these like really provocative uh, issues with each two hour episode. And the host of the show uh, or of the documentary series of each one, mm-hmm. who, the one who does the hard hitting questions and does all the interviews, uh, it, it was done and, mm-hmm. and she interviewed me for my portion. Uh, is is Elizabeth Vargas, who is formerly of the, the ABC name 2020, sounds familiar. The for ABC 2020. Yes, yes, she was the uh, anchor of ABC 2020, and she is now, an Emmy Award winning investigative journalist. Now, your clients weren't a little concerned for discretion since you're showing your face on this thing, or no? That's I have good. not come across that issue. I have not had anyone say, hey, you know, you're just too famous for me to You're date. too famous! <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm not that famous, so... so. I don't think anyone's concerned about going on a date with me and somebody randomly at a restaurant being like, oh, my gosh, that was that guy from that sex for sale show. <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened. Now, that's happened to me personally, uh-huh. like, you know, in my hometown. Where mm-hmm. I know a lot of people I've go out to a bar and people that I don't even know come up to me and yeah. they're like, oh, my gosh, you were in that show, right? And I'm like, <laughs> you yeah, lied, no. damn. <laughs> wrong guy. Wrong, wrong, you got so the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. Did they reach out to you or – Yes. So uh, I was on a tour of New York at the time and I got an email. I was just checking my email while I was hanging out uh, in New York. And I got this email that said, you know, hey, we're this production uh, production company in L.A., uh, by the way, named uh, uh, Carga 7. Shout out to Carga 7. They did a great job uh, with the production of the mm-hmm. uh, of the documentary. Uh, and they, they were yeah. producing it for A&E. And they re- so Carga 7 reaches out to me. And they send me an email and they say, hey, you know, we're, we're trying to do this documentary on uh, the sex industry and we need and we're looking for the perfect guy to make a part of the show. And we were referred to you by some people that we reached out to and, you know, in terms of what we're looking for. And uh, so we just wondered if you were interested in potentially being on this documentary for and they didn't tell me it was now, on any the time. They just said it would be on a major network. Because you know you get these emails. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. As soon as I got done reading it, I said, oh, this, is, this is a joke. <laughs> oh, oh, real funny. Real funny. Yeah. But then, but I looked and the email address was, uh, it was like uh, such and okay. such at okay. Carga7.com. And it, on the bottom, it said senior producer Carga7 productions whatever at the bottom of the email and so i was like oh, okay well if somebody's messing with me exactly. like they're really going okay. all out to mess with me so it just said it just said uh here's a phone number just give me a call you know my name is this and uh, ask for me and and we'll talk mm-hmm. so i was like well it can't hurt to give him a phone call right so i called and of course i call and they're like cargo seven productions you know when mm-hmm. i'm like okay there's somebody answer the phone mm-hmm. <laughs> you know with the production company label and I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to reach yeah, somebody emailed me. I'm trying to reach them. And they said, oh, yeah, OK. Oh, yeah. So they put me through and she was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I can't believe it. You called me. And I said, yeah. And so we just talked and she said, uh, just, you know, to give you full disclosure, uh, you are one of a handful of guys that we are looking at. And she said, uh, what we're going to do is uh, anyone that will agree to it, which I, my understanding is at least three or four guys did uh, that they wanted. 
we're going to do a Skype interview uh, to show the higher ups and they're going to decide which, you know, which guy we're going to use. Cause we want to have the, it featured three women and me oh, so as, the, as the male representative the in, the, in the documentary. Yes. They, they covered there, each of our stories intermittently throughout the show. Randoms. I, they are not anyone I think you would know. Uh, so one well, was a Toronto escort okay. who specialized in lactation. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, another one was uh, like a uh, a swingers party oh, host say, no in here. California. Uh, okay. So she's not an escort. Okay. Yeah, she's not an escort. So you probably wouldn't know her. Uh, the other one uh, who I know wouldn't mind if I mentioned her, it was um, Ali Eve, Ali Evie Knox. And she is a, oh, a famous well. webcam okay. girl. So these are all non-escorts. Got it. A lot of people don't, but a lot of people do. They were all, yes. They're, well, uh, oh, the Toronto one was an escort. She okay. just special, yeah. She specialized in lactation, um, but yeah, the other two were not escorts. Uh, the, mm-hmm. um, Ali was the webcam girl, and then the other girl whose name I can't recall. Um, she uh, she's not anyone I've ever heard of, but you know, she's not somebody who's well known uh, in the industry as an okay. escort. She just does okay. swing parties in L.A. You know, stuff like that. So, so I was one of four people that were featured in this two-hour episode, and my my story mm-hmm. is about half okay. an hour of it that they sprinkle in. You know, they, they sprinkle us all in. You know, they try to get everybody, they try to yeah. get the audience invested in each person as they go and then, you know, spread the stories out over the time. Uh, but uh, it was, it was a fan, they did a fantastic job. They had such great ideas. Uh, you know, they got my mom involved. They asked oh, my mom wow. to be a part of it. Okay. She's in, in the documentary with we me. Love we love a supportive mom. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about, oh, my mom's my biggest fan. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So we got her involved in it. They, they did a dinner with she and I uh, where we talk about, um, a new house that she wants to buy. And, uh, you know, she's not made a lot of money in her life. So it's You're a little bit of a struggle. Her, and, uh, of course, money well, does. that's spoiler alert on the show. <laughs> he said he's not, the, he's not making any money. Lies. Yeah, the, <laughs> now, hey, hold on. Now, hold on. <laughs> that's not going to throw my net worth around. <laughs> now, so at the end of the show, um, I, the, the actually the production company didn't know this was gonna happen, and I was with Elizabeth Vargas for it. They, they said uh, yeah. they they went to uh, with me to New York uh, for a mm-hmm. tour, and caught up with me there, and you know talked to me about some bookings I had there and stuff. But then they wanted to do this thing where uh, Elizabeth and I together were gonna Skype with my mother on the laptop to just say hey and mm-hmm. you know get her caught up on what's been going on with me. Yeah, what they were like, yeah, we're just gonna have we'll pick parts of the conversation that you have with your mom and we'll put it in the show. And so I knew I was going to do this, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't even tell Elizabeth this, who was on camera with me. I knew that I was going to tell my mother that Aww, I was going to help so her sweet. buy her house. She, she found a house that she wanted, but she was like, ah, oh, you know, the payments are just like so mm-hmm. just barely over what I really feel like I can afford. And I, it scares me. And so uh, when we did this, th- when we videoed uh, for the show, I have Elizabeth Vargas there and we're Skyping. And I said, mom, I have a big surprise for you. And Elizabeth Vargas, I, if you want, you watch the show. She turns and looks at me like, "What?" <laughs> she, oh, she just looked at her like, face like "What's he about us? to say?" <laughs> no, I was like, "I have a big surprise for you." And Elizabeth's like, "Okay." And uh, I said, "You know, you know the house that you want to buy. Uh, well, I've earned enough money on my tour this trip to nice uh, to get the house. Nice. So I'm going to help you get the house. We're getting the house." And she she starts crying sweet. on Skype. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and she's like, I can't believe. She's like, don't tell me that on national TV. But we love a good son. (laughs) 
It was the Hallmark moment. Oh, yeah, it was the Hallmark moment. Elizabeth Vargas is just like, she's about to cry. And nice. it was just, it was like such a great. Uh, moment. It's it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite moments of my entire life. Aww. We're on national TV. I got to That's tell my mom sweet. that I'm helping her buy a house. Sweet. Yeah, it's but, fine. Yeah, I know. We I got off, get of, off, topic off the topic on this here. show. So, have you worked went, in any other line of adult entertainment, or is escorting just your only thing? Escorting okay. is the were, only thing um, that I have ever done. Getting into like studying um, yeah. about investing and stuff like that. What did you learn? Is there anything that you would uh, advise our listeners to look into that you like? Investing wise, okay. So I have to. I have to admit, I am a well, part of wait, the wait, GameStop. Wait, are you a part craze. of the Reddit group, or are you a part of the people that jumped in afterwards? <laughs> uh, yes, I, 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 no, I am an oh, ape. I am an original ape, what? as they call themselves. <laughs> apes? Why? Oh, they call themselves the apes. <laughs> but why? Yeah, like like the, the monkey. <laughs> well, it. <laughs> I don't want to get too much into it, but it all started with whenever they got into GameStop and all of the and all of the media was mm-hmm. talking about how stupid this was to mm-hmm. to be an idiot to invest in this failing company. So on the Reddit group, they're like, "Yeah, we're just all a bunch of dumb apes here. We we, we just like this." Got it. So did I hope you made money? Well, from I, this I whole have. Thing. Uh, I, because I, I got in. Or, okay. Yes. Thank God. Some no, they did. We call shirt, them bag holders. So. Yes, they, we had some bag holders. Um, but, but, uh, no, well, I made a substantial amount of money, uh, in the first run. Once again, why won't you be my sugar daddy? Wait, I don't understand. Look, what maybe the fuck? your definition <laughs> of substantial is different than mine. <laughs> I'm not saying I yolo on it. I'm just saying I put in a good amount of money and it went a lot. I sold that. And mm-hmm. I sold okay. that yeah, and then, I see you talking. And lucky for me, I got mm-hmm. out before it, it, <laughs> You know, it got up to over four hundred dollars, and it went all the way. It went back to. F- I know. I was I was following that whole story, and yeah, some people did get left holding the bag, but it went back up though. So if you actually yes, held, you, yeah, you but it, okay it would have been difficult well. to hold because it it went down to forty dollars for uh, almost a month. It sat there at forty, so uh, you, you would have to really have faith it was coming back if you'd already fallen to that point. Lucky for me, I wasn't in that position. I'd already yeah. sold out when it was like around one fifty yeah. or something on, on its way down. Yes, but Smart. when it got back to Smart. forty, and it jumped, and then it, a month later it jumped up again, and got back in the hundreds. I said, "Hey, let's do this again." <laughs> so now oh, I'm back shit. in again. <laughs> now, as we speak, I'm actually slightly down, but I'm not concerned with it mm-hmm. because after I got uh, after I got reinvolved in the whole saga that is GameStop, I started doing a lot of uh, mm-hmm. in- investigating on you know why is it everybody is holding on to this and and I've this Reddit group, we got some financial wizards on this this Reddit group uh, that I, that I check in with, mm-hmm. and they've given me all the reasons to have the confidence to just stick with it. And and you're kind of playing with the house's money now, right? Or well, no? Because when when you took your gains, I'm sure when you reinvested it, you used yes the gains yes yes ish yeah. So you are playing with the house's money, so it's like you know it won't hurt you as much if anything bad happens, which. I'm not putting that out there. You're going to make a ton of money because by golly, you will be spending some of it on me. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if this thing goes to so, the moon, okay. as, the, as they like to say, you know, go, go into the moon. Um, mm-hmm. The idea of the moon is a hundred thousand or a million a share, <laughs> but there, there's a nice. lot of, uh, there's, there's a lot of intelligence on it that suggests that it could go at least to a hundred thousand uh-huh. a share. Um, 
Yes, yes. Really? And I wouldn't want to bore our audience with okay. it, but it has a lot to do with uh, hedge funds that uh, short the stock. And they and hedge mm -hmm. funds decided a few years ago that there was more money in bankrupting companies than there is in investing in growing companies. Right. So, exactly. so uh, GameStop was seen as a company that was absolutely 100% going to fail. It was down to $2 a share at some point. And so, uh, so the head, mm -hmm. a few hedge funds decided, Hey, we're going to bankrupt this thing and make a killing doing it. So, but when you do that, you leave yourself ex exposed to unlimited keyword, unlimited losses. Hey, I followed the story and I thought yes. it was kind of common. So really, it's it, it's a bunch uh. of hedge, it's basically a bunch of hedge funds that screwed themselves by leaving this massive leveraged exposure of themselves and the public, you know, like the GameStop and Wall Street bets people, catching on to the fact, hey, if we all just buy the stock and drive the price up, then they're all going to be screwed. They're going to have to buy the shares back from us at a price a lot lower than what it's worth, and it's going to make it is going to make the mm -hmm. stock skyrocket to. Hundred thousand or a million dollars a share. Yes, but what about GameStop itself, though? Are they planning on pivoting? Are they going to do something else with their business model, or is this all a game? For no, it's uh, GameStop is not just a vehicle for this thing. Uh, GameStop itself is going through a major and very positive uh, transformation. Okay, I was just making sure because I'm like, I understand, you know, you guys are like fucking with each other, but is GameStop itself? a viable company to invest in based on their business on the plan yes, or whatever. Yes, on the fundamentals, it's saying? absolutely a great long-term investment. I mean, forget, they, they call this a short squeeze, what they're looking for, you know, with all the shorts. Mm -hmm. They're, they're yeah. trying to squeeze the shorts to drive the price up. But even aside from the short squeeze, even if it weren't to happen, which absolutely I believe it will, uh, if it were not to happen, that it is still a great long, uh, this investment, because they, I don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. with Chewy.com. It's a pet's. And Chewy.com yeah, yeah, has been yeah. competing with Amazon in the pet food department, which nobody competes with Amazon. So it's amazing. They've even done it. They're a $6.5 billion company. Mm -hmm. And their CEO, who founded the company, uh, Chewy, and built it into a $6.5 billion company, that guy left Chewy to become the chairman of the board for GameStop a few months ago. So you think he's going to definitely he's do already He's already, turn he's already shaking it up. Around. He's fired. Uh, he's, the board members okay. have been fired. The CEO is leaving. They're going to name – he may name himself the CEO, which I think would be great. As long yes. as they're pivoting because, you know, GameStop was a dying uh, brand because they refused to evolve, but it looks like they're – They're going from now, a brick-and-mortar so. store to an e-commerce business. So they're trying to, be, they're trying to do like Smart. a Netflix-style thing, right? You know how you know you know how you know how, you know how, you know how uh, Netflix put, put Blockbuster out of business, right? So mm -hmm. GameStop is basically trying to do that to themselves. They're trying to create create a business model that is is new and fresh, like Netflix was to, to Blockbuster, right? That's good because Blockbuster technically should be Netflix because they literally had all the advantage and they just refused to pivot, which is why when Netflix, Netflix came in and wiped them off. The Netflix offered the Netflix offered to sell them their business for like. Uh, it was like $50 million or something. <laughs> but they didn't even have to have Netflix there in the first place if they would have just. Yeah, if they did. Right. But they stayed they had the in the same name, right. place, which is why Netflix came in. They had and, the brain name know, equity. Whatever. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so I was yeah. so to, to answer okay. your question, though, GameStop, I'm very definitely <laughs> involved in. But I'm a I'm an avid fan mm -hmm. of cryptocurrency. I actually swing trade. Okay. Did you uh, trade Doge? Oh, I, I have been I have been swing trading Doge for very, very 
very good profits. Okay. Yes. Look yes. at you. Yes. Once again, you keep telling me all this yeah. money. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, it's in bits and bits and pieces. <laughs> Let's just have done good percentages on it. You know, <laughs> we're not talking about okay. millions of dollars here. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it, it, and when I say in terms of swing trading, it's just when you recognize a uh, a, a downward pattern and an upward pattern, uh, and you use technical analysis on balance volume, all these really boring things that people don't want to hear about. But uh, that's when you can mm -hmm. kind of predict whenever something has reached a, a temporary price floor and a temporary price ceiling. So if you know when the floors and the ceilings are, all you do is buy on the floors and sell the ceilings and you make money. Got it. I'm going to um, reach out to you behind the scenes to get some of your research stuff because I'm actually, you know, just diving into the, sure. the trading I'd be part happy to of help. things. But uh, let's move on. What is the biggest mistake you've made in your adult entertainment life? I can't really say that there's that. I, so you're a perfect man. Oh, well, way. no. Then say that. <laughs> in terms of when it comes to the business. Yes. That's okay. What so, I well, mean. let's uh, let, probably the first mistake I made because you know, this was a learning process for me because I didn't have anyone, anybody's mm -hmm. example to follow in my specific niche because uh, I was I was creating okay. a market, not following a market. Right. So creating exactly. a market, you're going to make mistakes because you're it's a lot of trial and error. Even when you don't create a market, you're going to make mistakes. No, That's it's absolutely. Life. But you're going to make even more <laughs> when you're when there's no uh, there's no guide to, to how to do this. Yeah. But I just had an idea and I and my idea actually turned out to be pretty sound. Like my uh, my whole idea of how you brand, what kind of what services mm -hmm. that you provide, how you provide them, all that. So I, mm -hmm. I did all that really well, but I already knew I was going to succeed at that part. Uh, because I had, mm -hmm. I had been doing this before I was a professional. I had been dating for a lot of years before. So I, I, I understood it. the whole, like how to provide the service. That part was a no brainer for me, but how to market, how to brand, that was something I was unfamiliar with because I didn't have a lot of experience in that, especially in a, in a market that I didn't know. Nobody had written a book about how to market in, in this, in this way, you know, being a man, a male score for women. Mm -hmm. So the first mistake I made was, is I, when I was, a relatively unknown, I was a little more loose with my Twitter. I, I, I would, I would speak my mind quite a bit. If I saw something I didn't like or agree with, I was definitely vocal about it, especially if it was some form of misogyny or uh, women being put down or, you know, in, in terms of advocacy for women, I was very vocal on Twitter about being uh, advocating. And I, I'd like to advocate mm -hmm. for a number of things because I feel very passionately about a lot of things. But what I what I found out is, is that, you know, you, you are running a business, you are running a brand. This is not just you speaking your mind. You have to have a professional presence about this. So the first mm -hmm. mistake I made was I was a little too open on my Twitter and it got me into some trouble with people uh, either, you know, arguing with me or, 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 or yeah, that's a rabbit hole. You don't want to go. Right, down. But in the, the issue always was not, they would just misconstrue my, tweet because you only have at the time you only had 160 characters and now they have more now but uh back then you could only say we had to say in 160 characters so there was so much sometimes i would comment on things that there was a lot more nuance to that needed to be explained so but i was just giving it a nutshell which is all you could do on twitter and so then people would misconstrue mm -hmm. or misrepresent what i was saying listen don't feel bad because people will misconstrue whatever the fuck they feel like yes <laughs> no matter what you say so it's best to not even like go there just do your business and move on, <laughs> well, from, which I'm sure Yes, you I learned. did. And from those lessons, I decided to take more of a Fortune 500 business approach, 
Like if Smart. if uh, Coca Cola wouldn't tweet it, I'm not going to tweet it. You know, if if Dupont wouldn't exactly. tweet it, I wouldn't tweet it. If McDonald's wouldn't tweet it, I wouldn't tweet it. So I just uh, my Twitter got a little more tightened up, uh, but that was beneficial to me because it just gave me more mass appeal. And it, it didn't give people the opportunity mm-hmm. to nitpick something that I was advocating or passionate about and then to turn turn it against exactly. me or say, hey, this is a bad guy or, you know, whatever. And, I, you know, I felt so victimized exactly. at times. They're like, oh, you must be a terrible person. You think this way. And I'm like, no, you're just not understanding what I'm saying. I'm not a terrible person. And these are strangers on the Internet. So we do not have time to be explaining ourselves to strangers. Yeah. It's best not to even. And engage. believe it or not, uh, there are. Some there are some women in the business now. It's very few these days. But when I was first coming up, people were very skeptical about me being who I am. You know, the the, the authenticity mm-hmm. of me being like the perfect gentleman and you know, the whole experience of being about the dating and then the companionship. You know, they just saw me as another male escort, which they had plenty of bad examples of. So they're just like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's just another one of these jerks that thinks he's so cool and hot that he's going to get on here and sell himself to women. But it wasn't like that at all. That wasn't my approach. But some women in the business. They feel like men have no business being in this business. Everybody has their opinion, I right. suppose. Right. And, and I tried, it, and I, this is where I got in trouble with them again when they tried to say this publicly to me. And I was just very politely was like, but don't you realize this is the same, you're, you're exercising the same trope that men exercise against women in other professions. Why is that? Why do I not belong here? I'm not hurting anyone. I'm only helping people. And the only the only answer they ever had is this is a woman's industry. Don't take this from us. And I'm like, but I'm not taking anything from you. I'm not seeing your clients. I have a whole different thing. Uh, but they just have this strong feeling about you know. They, I think to some, it's it's uh, maybe uber feminism where they're just like men don't belong here. This is a woman's club. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like that whole feminism thing has just taken on an evil head of its own. I don't know. It's just, it has gotten out of control in some aspects. It's problematic. Yes, it is. It is. There is <laughs> the, people talk about toxic masculinity, but there is such a thing as toxic femininity as well. Just toxic people. It, in right. General. Yes. It, it's, we're looking for appropriate masculinity and appropriate femininity is, is we want to, yeah. ex- we want to exercise in that space and not get to the toxic levels of either. But for a lot of women, their toxic masculinity exists, but there, you can't be toxic enough as a woman. That's and crazy. this is the space That's they live in. And so some of these women have tweeted it. Now, this is not nothing recent. This is years ago now. But they tweeted at me and, you know, you don't mm-hmm. belong in this business. You're a man. Get yes. out. You know, if you want to be if you want to be a part of the business, go hire a woman. And I'm like, no, it's not why I'm here. Oh my <laughs> But I, that's so yeah. long. That's that's long in the past now. And nowadays, uh, I'm pretty much just very well accepted and, and liked by every. Yeah, it's, but it's because I've reached a, a level of legitimacy now, you know, with the show. And things yeah. like that. So now that I'm household name for several years, women who felt strongly about me uh, not being a part of business, many of them have completely flipped and been like, oh, we get it now. This guy's different. Okay. And you also learn not to engage in things that you don't need to. No, I, yeah, I say, yeah. We already, we already know Twitter. Like, there's always, like, some drama going on and it's best not to involve yourself. Yes. So for the, for the newbies looking to get into, and you're talking to the male straight male escorts looking to get into the business, what would you tell them? What are some essential things they need in order to be successful in this business? Okay. So if we're going to talk about specifically straight male escorts for women, which is what I do. Yes. Okay. Yes. The, the reality is, is that a, vast, vast majority of men are, are just not tailored to do this because everything that there is about being a man in society 
misdirects male behavior in a way that is not suitable for this job. So in other words, you have to be you have to be so in touch with femininity and your feminine side. So unlearn all the unlearn everything. Unlearn you. everything. Yeah. See, lucky for me, I didn't have to unlearn anything. I have always been this way since I was very young. I, I was fascinated with women. I wanted to learn everything about women. So we're going to credit that to your mom. Yes, mom. Absolutely. <laughs> I was raised by a single mother. Yep. And she made damn sure that I respected women, that I respected her, that I treated her appropriately, that I treated all girls appropriately. And I'm, this is a very young age. She started doing this when I was like six. So uh, she made me open the door for her when I was like six, seven years old, you know, making sure that I understood, uh, you know, all the etiquette about being a, a real man, you know, for, uh, being friendly to women, enjoying them. And so for me that she didn't intend this part, but she it set off this fascination in my mind about women because she made, you know, she made me and made me is not the right word. Um, she put herself in a light to me that she was on such a pedestal in my mind that I, that I mm -hmm. saw women as a whole in that way, because my mother was such a tremendous woman and, and still is. And, uh, and, and so she set the example. So that made me so fascinated with women. So I just stopped at nothing to observe, to befriend, to, uh, to be there for, for women. And so I was this way all through, uh, you know, my elementary, middle, high school, and I just got more and more. And then when I hit puberty, then of course I got even more fascinated with women. And so for me, it was a lifelong commitment to, awesome. to understanding everything there is to know. And, and you could live a hundred lifetimes as a man. You'll never know everything about women. And I, I, there's just, there's too much to know that women, <laughs> women come in so many different complexities, but what I was trying to do is just absorb as much as I could for one lifetime. <laughs> And, and try to apply that. And it's worked out very well. So I, I, I know and understand women's wants, wishes, desires, uh, what makes them tick, what makes, uh, what makes them happy, um, the way they want to be treated, the way they want to be respected, the way they want to be approached, uh, the way they want to have a conversation with a man. Uh, I've learned, I've taught myself all of these things over time because I just had such a, an extreme uh, obsession almost uh, with learning and understanding women. Men, I never really cared that much about. I'm just like, well, I'm obviously, because you're not gay. Yeah. So basically, unlearn all the things you learned as a man and, you know, invest in learning more about women if you're going to be successful in this business. But that it doesn't that's only half of it. The other half is and I shouldn't say half because that only indicates there's two parts. But <laughs> it, then another large portion of it is, is that you absolutely positively within your heart and passion must care deeply about women you have to want to be of service to them like the money doesn't matter you have to find a reward a, a personal reward in in, in being of do. service yes if you are yeah. if you think you can just act your way through this if you're just some misogynist you think and you don't care about women but you're like yeah but i can pretend like i do no you can't because it won't be authentic it won't be genuine yeah. they will know and so that's what my clients appreciate me. They just, they know that I care so deeply about how they feel and, and providing the best service for them that I possibly can, that I have so much passion about it. And I'm always continuing to educate myself on it. That so to be successful as a man for women in this business is a very, very difficult educational process that I was just fortunate enough to start, uh, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. I mean, they also advise you this in anything you do in life. If you put your complete best foot forward and you know give everything you do a hundred percent then you will succeed 
Yes. You can't go in, you can't go into something all half ass or whatever or if you're doing something just for the money, you're going to burn out. It's it's you're not going to, you know, thrive in whatever you're doing. You have to really honestly want to give it your all. And I would say in this business as a male escort for women, if the money is your only focus, not only will you get burned out, you will never even make it there. Exactly. You will never even make any money because you're never going to be good enough. This is a really this is like one of the hardest hardest businesses to be in in terms of like finding clientele and and making them happy because yeah, there's so many elements now especially now because they keep trying to like you know take away all our advertising <laughs> venues you know so you really have to be very niched in what you do you really have to focus on getting and retaining clients you have to become an expert on on women to do, exactly. to do what I do, you absolutely have to become an expert on women. If you are not, then you are just not going to make it. And I, and it's a little different with on the other side, like women for men, you don't necessarily, you don't need to be an expert on, on men. You don't, no, but you don't. if you're only doing it for the money and you don't actually want to do well for your clients, you're not going to retain them. You're going to no, have a high yeah. turnover, right. you know, so it, it still applies. It's just that yours is a little bit more curated. Yes. You, as, sure. as a woman for men, you can have success without really knowing much. But as a man for women, you cannot have success without knowing much. Exactly. So if you could go back in time and talk to your 17 year old self, what would you say to him? <laughs> well, I guess the first thing I would say is uh, you're going to be really known, really well known uh, for, <laughs> for being a male escort for women. You're, you're going to... Uh, be considered the top male escort for women in the country, and you're going to be known in many countries around the world. And my 17 year old self would have said, "That's a bunch of crap. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna play professional baseball." <laughs> oh, so you're good at baseball, are you? Uh, yeah, I, I played a semi pro a couple of years, many years ago. Okay. Yeah, fancy so, pants. Yeah, I was, I was a two sport athlete in, in high school, football and baseball, but baseball was my real love and. Um, I did end up going to play independent league in the state of Florida uh, back in, gosh, 2006 or something, six, mm -hmm. seven. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, my 17-year-old self would have been like, hey, that's nice, buddy. Uh, but <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. I am going to play professional baseball. I was so – I thought – I was I was ex extremely good. I mean, it wasn't like a false hope. I really uh, had a legitimate shot. I was very good at baseball. So, um I, that was my thought. So but that was not your calling, obviously. It was not. So aside from that, um, I, yeah, it's, that's just such a tough question. It's like, what would I say to myself other than, "Hey, get ready for this"? <laughs> I mean, that's usually that's all you can say. Yeah. Shit, it, if I could go back, I would tell myself to invest in a couple of things. <laughs> oh, there's that's obvious. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> obvious. Oh, if I could go back, if I could go back uh, to my 17 year old self, I'd be like, "Hey, put ten thousand dollars on the Broncos on this right. one Sunday." <laughs> right. Hey, did that guy do that in Back to the Future yes, or yes, something? Sir. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you go, go, if you want to go with that cheap kind of advice to a, my 17 year old well, self, well, I yeah. mean, obviously you're gonna give yourself a hearty advice but you still want to give yourself money advice why the fuck not oh yeah i'd be like mortgage the house bet it all on this team <laughs> you know or invest it all you know invest it all in google exactly just invest everything you got in google at all times and you'll and be I, fine i'd be a millionaire right now <laughs> right so uh favorite vacation destination well i have many favorite destinations because i travel so much top three uh okay so top three well, it's it's got to be. I'll do it from three three to one. Uh, I would say third on that list would be San Francisco. I love that city. 
Okay. I have not been there many times, but every time I go, I love it. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful cities. And uh, I, I would give it a little nod over Manhattan in terms okay. of, and just in terms of my preference for it. I'm not, okay. yeah, I'm not saying a nod over any other way, just, just that, how much I love it. I love Manhattan too. It's, it's really a, a fun place. Uh, but San Francisco is so much more unique. You know, you got the Bay, you got the Golden Gate Bridge, the houses, the architecture is very different. New York is a lot of uh, the same. You know, okay. so, I mean, there are some similar buildings, but it's just a lot of the same. Everywhere you walk, it's you can see similar things. But uh, San Francisco, everywhere you walk, it's something new, different types of architecture and things, different beauty. The, you know, you get the bay and all that. So I do love San Francisco. Okay. Um, but I haven't been there that many times. I do love it. Uh, well, two places that I've been a tremendous number of times that are my favorite places. Uh, one is uh, the Bahamas. Oh, I love the Bahamas. Yes. Which parts or all of it? I well, it, varying parts. I, I have the most experience in Abaco. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I have Marks friends Harvard. out there. Yes, that's a great place. Okay, that's yes. money. <laughs> yes. So okay. I, I, yeah, I, I am fortunate enough to uh, have a father that has a yacht. So wait, uh, your actual father or your yes. daddy? I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wait. No, my father oh, is. Shit, a... Can I come visit? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> my my father is a very successful attorney. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so he's he's got money. Wait, and, does uh, he know what you do? Yes. And uh, he's fine with it. <laughs> he's not, you know, he's not like my mom, who's like my biggest fan. He's just like, well, you know, whatever you want to do. Eh, uh, sure. Okay. He was actually pretty skeptical in the beginning, which I don't blame him because everybody was, including myself. But mm -hmm. now that I've gotten to this point, he's come, he's come around on it. He's like, oh, okay. Well, you're like known around the world now. I guess I can't argue with this. Okay. So Marsh Harbor, I love it there. Yes, Marsh Harbor. And I've been to other places. Yeah. Uh, in, in the Exumas. I uh, love those the are Exumas. Fun. Yeah, the Exumas. That's probably my top of all of the Bahamas. That's my top place or, you know. Oh, is the Exumas? Yeah. Yes. So we, the reason we usually do Marsh Harbor or even um, Hawk's Nest Cat Island, which is a completely uninhabited mm -hmm. island almost. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a I big island. I haven't been there. There's no reason for you to go. Uh, there, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's a really big island that has like maybe a thousand people that live on it. And they're all spread out very mm -hmm. far. So there's like nothing, nothing there. But there is a little private airport. And there is one marina called Hawk's Nest on the northern tip. Mm -hmm. And the reason that that marina is, is of importance to mega wealthy fishermen, like with their huge fishing yachts and stuff, mm -hmm. they all go there because just a couple miles off of the tip of Cat Island on the north side is a place they call Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. and, it's called, and it's called Jurassic Park because there is a shelf that goes from, uh, you know, like 500 feet deep to 5,000 feet deep in about a quarter of a mile. Wow. So it's this huge, deep cavern and massive like the largest fish in the world gather in here like the biggest marlin many of the world records have been set uh for different various fish uh in this place and hawk's nest is the closest marina to it and it's this little teeny tiny you wouldn't know that anybody with any money would ever be there because it's so tiny mm -hmm. but when you pull in there like we went in with our yacht we had the smallest yacht you know, wow the, nice yeah, i mean we're talking about major money in hawk's so nest so you heard it here ladies freestyling <laughs> <laughs> Go to Hawk's like Nest. No, no. Yeah, I mean, for the freestyling. Yeah, right, right, yeah. It'd be difficult to freestyle there, though, because there's literally nothing there. But I mean, you better figure nothing. it out. You can't, you you, can't you know, do the same thing everybody else is doing. Figure it out. Gonna, if you're going to freestyle in Hawk's Nest, you're going to have to just stand on a dock all day. <laughs> hey. There's nothing there. Figure it out, ladies. But Hawk's yeah. Nest, wink, wink. Yes, Okay, yes. and what's your number so, yeah. one? My no, so my number one absolutely has to be my vacation home in Montana. 
Nice. Hey, yeah, are, didn't you post pictures of the snow? It looked really pretty. Or was yes, that a I, video? I don't remember. Uh, well, it, well, it could have been either because I post both of, of each. Or I, I post many of each. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been uh, – we've had the place out there. My father and I went in on this house, uh, gosh, so long ago, 13 years ago. And uh, so we have, you have had it out there for a long time, and I've been going there uh, – multiple times a year, almost every year for the last 13 years. So nice. uh, I get to see the snow. I go in the summer, I go in the winter, I go in the spring. I actually just came back from a long sabbatical there, a five-week sabbatical uh, from March 2nd to April, first week of April. Uh, and I, I just got back from that a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Uh, and I spend a lot of time out there by myself. I have I have bookings out there. Some of my clients oh, love it. good. Yes. I mean, it, everybody loves it. But uh, the clients, special clients that I do take out there, uh, they just – they love it. Uh, they they can't wait to go back every time they go. I uh, so I, so it's yeah, it's beautiful, and I have a whole I have a whole family of deer that live nearby, Aww. and I've watched it. I've watched generations of deer literally grow up. I've seen babies turn to mamas, and mamas have babies, and those babies turn to mamas. Like, and I feed them. You know, I feed them by hand. If you go to my Twitter, I put a video of me feeding uh, the deer by hand in the backyard, and it's a uh, it's just a truly wonderful place with these mountain views. Uh, it's almost in Canada. It's actually just south of Canada. So you're looking at the mountains in Canada off the back deck. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's just the serenity. You're in the middle of nowhere in the woods. The closest neighbor uh, is like a quarter of a mile away. You can't see anyone. You could be out naked on the deck. No one would ever know. Nice. Yeah. So that is my place of serenity. That's the place where I soul search. That is the place where I refine myself and get uh you know brought back to earth hey we, you know, we it just, all it just makes you feel so small downtime we all need that yes with the busy life that i lead at times i mean pre-pandemic yeah. <laughs> you know not as much of the pandemic but uh it was a place i could go and just totally escape uh mentally physically everything i can just be there and i, I usually just there by myself now this time i flew my mom out there that was beautiful mm -hmm. uh to have her there because she had never been over, over the many years because oh, wow. she's uh well, she could never go because she had a full-time job and just couldn't get time off work. And she retired this past summer. So okay. I said, okay. I said, all right, well, you're retired now. So you've got the time. So let's get you out there. So I flew her out there and she stayed for 11 days. Nice. And uh, we, had the best, we had the best time. She can't wait to go back. Nice. So that's, uh, that is my number one favorite destination. Plus the skiing. I mean, it's got the uh, 17th ranked ski resort in North America, wow. which is uh, white, Whitefish. Yes, it's a great, great mountain. And it's, it's not really expensive. It's not like a veil or something, you know. Um, and it's actually better than Vail, in my opinion, uh, in terms of uh, the actual skiing. Mm -hmm. So I love to ski and snowboard as part of my hobbies uh, when I go out there. And then when I'm there in the summer, I've gone whitewater rafting. I love to go trout fishing. Uh, there's just so many things you can do at different times of the year. And then, of course, you always have the beauty of the mountains. So nice. it's absolutely cannot beat it. It is way better than Colorado. Is way better than Colorado. Okay. <laughs> from his <Everybody>. mouth. <laughs> yes. I'm an advocate for Montana. Okay. Colorado is great. I love Colorado. I love Denver. And I love Beaver Creek Vale and all the places I've skied there when I was younger. But Mon once I got to Montana, I was like, wow, this is just, this is Colorado cannot. Troy do for this. mayor <laughs> of Montana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to run for governor. Th Montana. This has been pretty awesome. So please leave our listeners, both the guys and the girls, with some parting advice. Well, the only advice I could ever give uh, is to be happy, right? And so the way that I found happiness and the way that I think everybody should find happiness is you absolutely must find something that you're passionate about, that you are good at, uh, whether you're okay at it or even excellent at it. You got to have the passion. Mm -hmm. so, and like, I, like I do for my dating service, like I have so much passion for women and that's really what drives it. But then in addition to that, I have these 
wonderful skills that I've mastered and learned over time that it that collaborates with that passion. So you take expertise with passion and you put those together and you will live every day a happy person because you will be doing something that you really matters to you. And even if you're not good at it at first, uh, if you're passionate enough about it, you will get good at it. Even if you don't have, you know, really high intellectual level or you just don't know very much about something, you will learn it because you have the passion. You have to have passion to learn. Because just learning something that you don't want to do, you're not going to learn it correctly or you're not going to learn it to the best of your ability. And so when you have the passion and combine that with the expertise in whatever it is you do, uh, whether it's for work or uh, for hobbies or whatnot, um, that will lead to happiness because that has led uh, to happiness for me. I, I could not be happier of a person. Uh, you know, I, I get to spend a lot of time with wonderful women uh, that pay me handsomely for the time that I spend. I, I get to be uh, revered by men and women alike in the business and otherwise uh, for being an example to men and uh, a person that women can point to and say, hey, this is the way you do this. And I get to hang out with all these wonderful women in the business. I love my ladies in the business. Uh, they've done so much for me. Uh, without them, I absolutely would not be here. So kudos, kudos to the women, All, always. I always try to praise uh, the women in, in the business, especially ones that are close to me and have done the most for me. Um, thank you so much to all of them. And uh, yeah, so I guess I would leave it with that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, lastly, please leave your social media and, you know, wh whatever social media so people can find you, learn more about you, book you. Okay, yes. So uh, if you have Twitter or you want to make a Twitter, um, you can follow me. At, my handle is at Troy Amistati. And, and the last thing I want to leave well. with people just in terms of promotional purposes, um, I, did I did actually just record a mm -hmm. podcast with a comedian slash uh, TV host named Nicole Byer. Yes. Yes. I recorded a, po I recorded a podcast with her oh, a few I love weeks ago. Her. Um, her, yes. Okay. Uh, she found me on Twitter and, uh, and asked me oh, to be nice. on her podcast that she's been doing for about three years. She's, she's interviewed Conan O'Brien. Uh, yes. Oh, you, I, you, I think you'd love I it. I listened to some of the episodes. Podcast. I think you would absolutely love it because she's, she is her. hilarious and she just comes from a place of comedy that I think you could truly appreciate. And uh, but she's had major guests, uh, you know, Conan O'Brien, Margaret Cho, um, other comedians that are not coming to mind at the moment. Uh, but yes, yeah, so she's a big deal. They get over a million downloads a month on her podcast. And her okay. podcast is called Why Won't You Date Me? Nice. OK. And I'm going to find your episode. So, yeah, so it's, what, why won't you date me with Nicole Byer? But my episode is not scheduled to come out until the middle of May. Yeah. So it, it will be coming. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm very happy out, to because I hope, uh, I hope a lot of people listen to it. I, I'm almost kind of nervous about it because, I mean, you know, they get over a million downloads a month. So there's going to be a lot of people listening to the interview. Yes. No, and she was, and she was amazing. Hey, I love, I love hanging out with her. I love talking to her. That. She and I could have gone on for hours and hours. We were just having such a good time. It was, you, you, I encourage people to listen to this. She's tremendously funny. And the conversations nice. we get into are excellent, much like the ones that you and I just got into. <laughs> nice nice well troy thank you so much for coming on the show this was amazing um yeah. i can't wait to release this so yeah thank you so much oh I, are you come kidding yeah i love this is i had such a good time with you you're an excellent host and i love the questions and i would be honored honored to uh appear again <laughs> awesome. and i can't wait till you know you're a multimillionaire I'll, and add me to i'll at least take list, you out on the yacht. obviously uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and yes, Montana too. At All least, right. and invite me to Montana. 
I just yeah. might rent oh, your my place gosh. to shoot at because I want to do the snow thing. Well, obviously, it yeah, have to be. Yes, there's always a ton of snow at the house. Winter's Tons over snow, now. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, for yeah. sure. I love it. I love it. A big thank you to Troy for coming on the show and giving us the male perspective in this business. I know sometimes it can get a little convoluted since I'm a woman and, you know, <laughs> a lot of women are escorts and we dominate this business. It's nice to get a different perspective from a guy. I hope you guys found value in this episode. And of course, this seems to be a reoccurring thing now. Fucking anchor as usual. <laughs> Keeps fucking with my sound. As you can see, it got cut off early. And then there were parts where it looked like I was reading his mind and he was reading mine and we were interrupting each other. That is not me. Because I've seen some of your reviews saying I'm interrupting my guests. I promise you, it's not me. It's Anchor. So if anyone out there knows a better way to record remotely, please feel free. Email me, Vivian at TSEGP.com. Until then, you shut up because I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> Quick housekeeping, I'm going to be taking a six-week break, self-care, and I will be back on June 16th. So have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will catch you on the next episode. Bye! Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at TSEG Podcast and on Instagram at TSEGP. Join our Patreon page for exclusive videos on dating, sugaring, and freestyling tips for both the gentlemen and ladies. Patreon.com forward slash T-S-E-G-P. Follow your host Vivian on Twitter and Instagram at Exotic Vivian. Please leave the show a five-star rating on iTunes. Until next time, keep it sexy and stay receptive.